The Simon Shore Podcast is presented by Boxscore Network. Boxscore Network is your one-stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, and fantasy advice? Check out Boxscore Network. Follow Boxscore Network on Twitter at Bscore Network for updates. Oh, hi, and welcome back in to another episode of the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, post-holidays. Happy holidays to all, whatever holiday you may or may not have celebrated in, let's say, the last week or so. Uh, Really appreciate you all being back here with us. We are 16 full weeks into the NFL season. It is crazy to say we are here at the end. Obviously, 16 divided by four is a full number. It's four. We're here for our last and final-ish sort of power rankings episode mm-hmm. of the 2023 season. And of course, here with me is Josh and Josh, welcome in, man. What is up? Hey, Simon. It's good to be here again, as per usual. It's weird that this would have normally been the last one officially because, you know, we'd be heading into the final week of the season, but I'm still getting used to the new 18-week season, so... It's so annoying. They, they've they made content so much more difficult on yes. us by doing these 17 weeks. Josh is going to be back in a couple weeks. We're going to do a playoff preview slash sort of were, I guess, maybe were our power rankings right sort of deal. Power Maybe maybe a little power rankings regrets and not even a single letter. Um, but we'll we'll have some sort of addendum to to this week's episode. But we figured... Not to push it a week or so, let's continue every four weeks. So our sample sizes each time around are, are pretty even. And here over the last two weeks, it's going to get pretty wacky in the NFL. Obviously, week 18, you know, we could see half the team sitting um, their, their starters as they are moved into what they're going to be for the playoffs. We're seeing, you know, Jacoby Brissett and Tyrod Taylor finish out seasons for the Giants and Commanders. So that that wouldn't... If, let's say those teams go two and zero to end the season. That's not really a true barometer of what what these teams have been all season long. <clears throat> so we're doing our our official final power rankings here tonight. Josh, when when you were sitting down to do these rankings, what what was that process like, man? It, it's been such a weird year, and it, it's really been, I think, epitomized in these four weeks. What 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 kind of went into your process for this final power ranking? Yeah, it was super frustrating. Um, I kind of started. <laughs> Just I actually really out. hated getting ready for this podcast. I mean, it, it was actually the worst. In a, in a weird way, I did. Like, I, I'm always excited to come on and talk about it. And I, I will say I did a lot of my, because I'm on vacation, I had more time to do prep during the day. So I did, I had some preliminary stuff done, you know, yesterday and last week. But this week, today, I really dove in. So I was excited to at least get to talk about it today instead of having to wait. Um, I started by looking at the, since our last rankings, which were on the, November 29th. Um, and so there were still some late team buys. Um, so my Vikings land three games. Some teams had four games since we've talked. Um, so I kind of looked at that, who they played, because at this point in the season, you know, who you beat and who you lose, you're actually, we have a better idea of who a team is, right? So I mm-hmm. think beating a team with a winning record at this point in the season is more, should have a little bit more weight than, you know, running wins off the Panthers, Cardinals, and, you know, commanders and things like that. So not to not to foreshadow our final uh, the end of the end of the rankings or anything. <laughs> so spoiler I, alert for two yeah, hours from now. Exactly. 
So I tried to I tried to look at those three games, try to see what was trending in what we talked about last week. And I kind of mentioned to you beforehand, like I have teams that I moved a little bit more drastically than I maybe would have if let's say we had another four weeks after this, because I, I feel like with the last regular season rankings, if I if I was tr- leaning towards a team in one direction, I leaned a little bit further into that if it was confirmed based on how they performed, or I leaned further or maybe overcompensated um, in the other direction if I was wrong about a team or what I thought about a team. And so that's where um, I hope that made enough sense, but I think that's where we're going to have some, some disparities is where I kind of, you know, started to factor in because I couldn't block out stuff that happened previously. A little bit, if, that, if that makes sense, I tried really hard to start with these four weeks, but I knew that in the back of my mind, if I had expected one team to figure this out and then be better by now and they haven't, that's going to be kind of like a double punishment to an extent. Not again, nothing super duper drastic, but definitely something that, that kind of, you know, at least the way we do every four weeks, it does, does factor in a little bit more for this one um, being at the end of the regular season. So, um, and I also came up with a random idea that if we ever want to have another power rankings podcast where we talk for hours on end, I think for what it's worth, it would be fun, if not completely inaccurate. I think we should do a power rankings at some point up based on our eye test alone. Throw out records, throw out, I love that. Throw out I love stats. That. that would make it so much easier. Because, you know, every every time we do an episode, I tell you about my eye test leading me to, down the path of a stat. And sometimes I hit it and I feel good. And other times it's completely wrong. And I had no idea what my eye test was doing. But I just want to, like, some teams... I moved up a team that I don't want to move up because every time I watch them, I hate them. And and yet, uh, based on their record in this time, based on the, some of the statistics, I'm like, well, how how can I argue with you know with winning two out of four, like you know, things like that. So anyway, the long winded way to say it was it was a struggle. So I'm really excited to get into the discussion where I can hopefully feel some closure for these rankings. I don't think we're gonna get there. I don't think we're gonna get the closure. But to your point, you're you're exactly right. Um, it's a little bit of confirmation bias here in week 16 right Uh, so the the fun part about the the pro i think to doing the power rankings the way we did it was we didn't want to overreact to anything right we we wanted to take it all in in the full four week sample size four week sample size four week sample size and in doing that and and just by nature of wanting to do it that way that lended us to be a little bit more moderate in our takes of well, we trust this team at the end of the day, right? It's a yeah. power ranking. It's not a it, – it, it's a it's a full snapshot of the league within this four-game sample size. It's not a who's playing the best in these four games, right? So we didn't dissect every single flaw yeah. that was with the team. So by nature, it was these are the flaws, but the team is still playing fairly well, and we believe in the structure. It's still – it's either an early part of the season or there's an injury they're dealing with right now that's short-term – so overall, when it comes to who do we feel good about and not feel good about, I like this team over this team. But now that we're here in week 16, the proof is in the pudding. Like it, it's mm-hmm. done. So like if they're – like you said, let's give two examples right off rip. Uh, the teams that have been basically the top two all season long or in the top three all season long, the Chiefs and the Eagles, we said, hey, the Chiefs will figure out their offense, figure out their passing game. We mm-hmm. said the Eagles would figure out the spine of their defense. We're at week 16, and not only did neither of those things happen, it might be worse than it was uh, yes. one, two, three power rankings ago on on those ends because of the attrition that sets in, the, yep. the depth that's in question as the mediocre starters get hurt, 
or the like mental atrophy that takes place in throwing to guys that drop the ball every single time. And and now mm-hmm. you're, mm-hmm. you're not, you know, Mahomes isn't doing the things that Mahomes always does because he's like, well, I can't throw to that guy anymore. He's a limited right. options, such and such. Right. Um, so yeah, there, we'll, we'll have a few, I think a few more drastic movers um, than, than maybe we've had in the past and not just because of starting quarterback injury here. Although we obviously do have one of those. It's crazy to think about that. Justin Herbert's injury uh, happened since our last power ranking mm-hmm. where it feels like the chargers have been horrible all season long. And just like it, that their season is not even real. Like Brandon Staley's been fired since then. Yep. Um, Russell Wilson today was announced. He's getting benched for the Denver Broncos. Yep. They yep. were big movers up la- <laughs> last uh, time around. Despite how long I held out and trying to not do it, it speaks to, I think how poor the middle of the NFL has been this season where it was like, yeah, we gave them a lot of credit last time around and it did yeah. not pay off for us. And it's not paying off. Well, it's financially paying off for Russell Wilson. He's doing just fine, but it's right. not paying off for Russell Wilson uh, on the field. So a lot of confirmation bias here. I feel like we are going to get the mostly the right one to 32 in terms of basically where did these teams net out here at the end of the season? Um, but I'm sure we'll have some that like, gosh, at the end of the day, can we really say, you know, the, I don't know, the, the, I'm trying to pick a team that won't reveal, you know, the Detroit Lions are better than Kansas City Chiefs. Are we really going to say that? I don't know. Right. We'll find out. We, we might say that. <laughs> That's very true. I that that laugh I, made me real nervous. That was real maniacal. I don't. I'm very upset. I'm very worried about what's going to happen here. <laughs> you should be. You should be a little more worried. Yes, you should definitely be worried. But I mean, and and also like you know, like you mentioned, the middle, the twelve. I mean, teams twelve through twenty three, twelve through twenty two. Like, it's the. I, I guess it is a nod to how we did the the did the rankings. I think that helped me out because. We what we had to fall back on was the idea of, well, if they were in the mid twenties, they shouldn't do a huge like they can't do this monstrous jump. Like it, it helps kind of rein it in a little bit instead of just like a glorified look at the standings with some more analysis. Like it's it's less about that because you know that the middle of the NFL is all seven and eight, eight and seven right now. Like it's I wonder how many teams there are we can find pretty quick, but it's 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 a lot of them. So <laughs> it's it's going to be a challenge when we get there. And that's if yeah. you survive the top ten. <laughs> um, you know, to your to your, and this will be the last point before we get started. To your point of like, we need to do one where it's just I test one one of these days. I did feel like because this was the last one, if I got to let's say two teams or a group of teams, and even if the record would say one thing and the stats would agree with it, and even where the team was in the last iteration of the power rankings, like if even if all of those things would tell me to go with this X team over Y team, but intrinsically I was just like, Y team's just better, man. I'm done. This, <laughs> I think this was the time around that I was like, okay, I, okay. I'm not, I'm not going to worry about the other stuff because that makes sense. because of like, Hey, it's been mucky all year for this team, but right. let's say maybe they had a hot start. So their, their stats are still better and their record is still better. But like, gosh, what we've seen the last four five six seven weeks you know and like you said we try to keep it to just these four weeks but it's the end of season so for a lot Mm -hmm. of things it's going to be pretty season long um yeah so yeah man it'll be for sure it'll be great you you ready to get started (laughs) let's do it let's do it all right josh without further ado 
who do you have as your number one team here on December 27th? I'm very proud that I have the Baltimore Ravens at number one. I also have the Baltimore Sorry Ravens to say at number to one. Oh, you do? Okay. I know. I, I, I <laughs> have to take my you. Steeler hat off when I do these <laughs> things. Um, And I mean, I was thinking about it. Like I, I was watching the game. And sorry to already derail you. I was watching the game on, what was it, Monday night? I don't know, because mm-hmm. of the holidays, how it all went. Yep, it was Monday. Yep. And I'm watching, and I'm tweeting, and I'm like, man, Lamar is doing incredible stuff. I was, Look at that throw that he made. And then a, a, a follower that that I have from just being on Steelers Twitter and like interacting, and, and when I was doing heavy Steelers coverage, and obviously Steelers fan, replied with a very Steelers tweet, like, oh, what about all the stuff he missed? And like my initial reaction was like, I want to defend Lamar Jackson. I'd be like, this guy's <laughs> awesome. And I'm like, this sucks, man. I hate this. Why <laughs> why didn't any team give up two first round picks to take him? Why? Right. I, I'm so mad. I'm so mad at the NFL for that. But yes, Baltimore yes. Ravens, tell me why they're number one. Well, so they're undefeated since we last talked. Um we which yes, which is always tough to do. And they just kind of handled the Niners who were not just you know, not just doing well, but on a pretty epic run themselves. And so it was kind of a clash of Titans. We'll get to the Niners in a little bit here. Um, but that went a long way for me. I thought Lamar played really well in that game again. And he's just his decision making is good. He's he's combining his like his magic and his elusive elusivity with um with also smart plays. Like it's not just craziness and hoping for the best. He's he's definitely very it's all making sense to him and he's, he's playing at another level right now. Um, you know, Mark Andrews goes down, but Isaiah likely has already blossomed into a really, in a really great t- um, target at tight end. Zay flowers was a great pickup. They're basically top five in offense and defense. Um, so it's hard to argue. They don't have like a, a weak side of the ball. I'm sure. Yeah. They have some weaknesses here and there. Um, but I just, I, I like everything about them. And I was, I was just trying to come up with a stat. I had to find something kind of, I tried to find something a little bit different and I found that they're leading the league in average drive starting position at the 32 and a half yard line. So for, for, for what that's worth, that also helps, you know, when you have a good offense and a good defense, but I mean, they, they've looked really, really good. I mean, their last three games that they won, they beat the Niners, the Jags and the Rams. And you could argue the Jags are definitely on the downturn right now, but the Rams are on the up and up and they took them to OT um, and they beat the Niners and, I just I th- I think that they have balance on offense and they have one of the best defenses in the league. It's really hard to find flaws, um, you know. And so, and yeah, they haven't lost a game since week ten. So even before last one, they they were kind of clicking already. So I th- I think this is the team that's going in. I mean, next or the New Year's Eve matchup against the Dolphins will be will be pretty telling. Um, I think that'll be a, a clash of a couple of the best teams again. And yep. um, you know, we'll see how they come out of there, but. I mean, it's it's hard not to for, for me. It's hard to pick any other team as the favorite in the AFC. Um, and then since they beat the class of the NFC, it just made sense to me to to move them up, especially considering what the teams around them did. So they get the top now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I previewed the Chiefs and Eagles a little mm-hmm. earlier, but for so long for for those two teams, it was even if other teams are playing really well, the Chiefs and Eagles haven't given us cause for concern right they've given us the little things that we wanted to see but they never i mean they would still go you know three and one or two and two or even four and oh in those stretches so it's like even though they're not playing great like they're still winning like we expect Mm -hmm. that obviously has not happened we will talk about them later the ravens (laughs) were the easy number one it was great because i was i was netting this out as as you and i always do we can wait till at least three weeks have been played before we even start really kind of tinkering with our lists um 
And I was like, oh, this is great. Ravens 49ers. And, and we try not to make it too much about a one game sample size. But I was like, I'm just going to pick whoever wins this game. Uh, super easy to decide who's first and second. Uh, <laughs> exactly. this, is, this is great. Exactly. Um, yeah, just everything we've said about them, everything you said, 4-0. They beat the Niners. They beat the Rams. They beat the Jags. They're, they're, they have one of the best point differentials in the entire league. Um, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. They might be second. Yeah, they're second to the 49ers. Um, they're one of them and the 49ers are the only teams that are in the top five of both offensive and defensive DVOA. And you talk about the starting field position. Not only is that their defense, that's their special teams. They're also in the top five of special teams DVOA, which I don't know when the last time that's happened before. They're literally a top five unit all over the field um, in all three phases. Lamar's playing right. incredible. Guys keep getting hurt and other guys just keep stepping up. Uh, this defense is one of the top two defenses in the entire league. Um, they can, they, they have proven that they can win and stop you and punch you in the mouth and score points in many, many different ways. And Lamar's having an MVP season. Um, they've won five straight games and yeah, this is just, this is the best team in the NFL right now. And, and yep. for 49ers fans and 49ers truthers, yes, the Ravens got four very advantageous turnovers, interceptions off of Brock Purdy. Um, the 49ers dealt with some injuries, but all of that stuff was made because of the way the Ravens play defense, that fierce and that helter-skelter, but completely coordinated and, and well-planned and just super fast defense, really physical stuff, just like it created those turnovers. Even if turnovers are fluky and even if it doesn't mean the 49ers are a bad team, which it obviously doesn't, right? The, the Ravens created all that stuff because of the way they play defense and, and yeah. clear, clear number one team. I agree. Yeah. I wrote, uh, this team has too many offensive weapons and also a defense that Ray Lewis would be proud of. Like this is, this, this is the, the cream of the crop right now for sure. And it's great. Cause if they win against Miami, they can sit all their stars in week 18 and the Steelers can get into the playoffs. Um, <laughs> who do you have? Although, you know, the last, I think the Ravens last loss was against the Steelers that made just about something like that. Um, <laughs> who do you have a number two, Josh? I think, I think we know. I don't know if you know. Oh no. I almost, I wanted to put the 49ers there. Oh no. Because they played because it because it was like a clash of titans, like we've talked about. Oh no. But the fact that they lost a little too handily, um, I just I moved the uh dolphins into the two spot. And I know that that's wild. Wow. This is so this is where it, did you have the Niners at two? I have the Niners at two. Okay, I'd put them at three. So you can okay. you can talk me into two. I'm not gonna be okay. crazy about it. Okay. Um <laughs> Wow, I, the Dolphins. Look yes. at you. Oh my gosh. So all right. This is interesting. And this is because I I put too much stock in the Cowboys Dolphins game. Um but the knock on the Dolphins all year for us anyway mm -hmm. is that they don't have a marquee win. And I just thought that they looked like a really complete team against the Cowboys. It wasn't the best yep. performance in the world. It, but there wasn't a lot of mistakes. It looked like a, a playoff team getting a playoff win against another top level playoff team. And so um, that's what I kind of, I probably jumped them a little bit too high. Also, if the 49ers had kept it a little bit closer um, or had less turnover, things like that, I probably would have had the Niners too, which is why I'm not going to put up too much of a fight. Um, 
the Dolphins won are three and three and one in the last four with a with an inexplicable mm-hmm. loss to the Titans. I went and watched that one back today. Um, that game was like 13-13, and then it looked like the Titans were going to implode, and then they went down 27-13, and then all of a sudden, the Titans put together Insanity. a super quick, epic touchdown drive with two-point conversion. They held Miami to punt, and then before you know it, I think Miami's like, wait a second, they're still in this game, they're still trying, and then all of a sudden, the Titans win by one point. So, like, on one hand, they probably should get penalized for losing to the Titans. But at the same time, it was it just had a weird vibe, and they still look like the better team. And so I was like, you know what? I just I've been high on the Dolphins all year, and they finally have that marquee win against the Cowboys to say, hey, look, we can we can run with the big dogs. Um, so I, I jumped them. I think that's a four spot move from six to two, which was pretty mm-hmm. intense for the top for the top ten. But again, we had our normal top two teams just sputtering. Yep. I was like, well, I'm not ready to put you know I need to do something there. So anyway. Um, I have Dolphins too, and I have Niners at three. We'll talk Niners in a second, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, wow, the Dolphins at two. Yeah, that that's not going to stand for one reason or another. But um, <laughs> where? Uh, let me see. What do, what do I have? My thing with Miami, and and man, I was not prepared for them to be this much of a jump. So I I didn't even write all that much about it. But um, <laughs> obviously the win against Dallas was huge. They they. You know, Dallas had to kick a bunch of field goals in that one. I know they had the turnover early, so that kind yeah. of like messed up a lot of stuff. Um, they were able to continue to run the ball on on Dallas when uh, after the Bills did the week before. Um, but their defense is still like it's still trending in the right direction. I do think there's a little too much from the the national media even though and not and i'm not even just saying like the espns of, of the world but like the the, re- the really smart and savvy ones about what this defense is doing right now it's still basically just an average defense even what they've done in the last two weeks um but that offense is just incredible it's incredible and the coaching right. staff is incredible um i i got them i put them at five so i okay. i had moved them up one and even as i'm when we get to our our two giants that have fallen um i am very much in the this could be a top three team even so so okay. we could we could maybe make that work um let me pull up the numbers here on the dolphins because they are the they are fourth in DVOA, third on offense, still only 15th on defense. And, and like I said, that's pretty they, – like they've been kind of right there since Jalen Ramsey yeah. has gotten back, just like a pretty average defensive team because yeah. Ramsey came back and Jalen Phillips got hurt. And I just I, – I, when it comes down to this point in the year, and I think the loss to the Titans is very emblematic of – what we in addition to losing to good teams what we're worried about and it's just like can is this team built for playoff football and, and right. you and i laugh at ourselves when we sound like we're 40 year olds uh, watching football <laughs> because we we don't actually feel that way but like it, it, is this team just going to get beat up right at some point and, and but the fact that they can run the ball on offense makes me feel a lot better and that's not only been proven out throughout the year but it's gotten stronger throughout the year even as offensive linemen continue to get hurt for them yeah. um Teron Armstead is still dealing with injuries I watched him tackle his own uh, I, I watched him tackle I think it was Raheem Mostert in the red zone <laughs> uh in this game against the Cowboys which was really funny um 
So so even with their line not playing that well, they're they're continuing to scheme things up both in the run game and the pass game. They're they're doing a heck of a job. But with that said, I think the 49ers have to be the clear pick here at two because they're the only yep. other team in the top five of both offensive and defensive DVOA. They're they're still the yep. number one team on offense in DVOA. And, and if it wasn't for those fairly fluky i mean how many times um, what two was it two or three of brock's interceptions in this game against the ravens were tip balls that turned into interceptions right. and not only right. tip but like two of them were hit at tapped at the line of scrimmage so like that's just like that's all luck at this point right. um, yeah it's, it's not like it was a huge lapse of decision making that you have to be worried about for sure yeah, yeah i i I'm, I'm totally cool with that let's go ahead and put the 49ers at two i've you know, the, the Dolphins jumping that high is a little bit intense. And I, I did write that even though the Niners got beat pretty handily by the Ravens, like the run that they were on beforehand, like this is just a blip, right? They beat the Eagles, the Seahawks, and then obviously the Cardinals. But the Eagles and Seahawks are two really solid wins, and they won those mm-hmm. games handily. Like they're not just, you know, struggling through. And it's funny you mentioned the running game and how we talk like old people because my, the- my whole theme for this power rankings is the teams in the – um, I was going to bring it up a little bit later, but I'll just mention it now. If you look at the you know, rushing yards per game, like the top five, like all those teams are in the top five or close to the top five. Like the the ability to run the ball is so huge, um, which is odd because in today's NFL, it's all about the pass. It's all about the receivers. It's all about high-flying offenses. But really, running the ball is huge, and the Niners have only failed to run for over 100 yards once. That was my fun stat for them. Like they have – uh, the, only the Ravens obviously have run for a hundred yards plus in every game. Um, and, but like the, the next best running teams, like the bears, the Lions, have at least two under a hundred. So like the Niners are, are, are right up there as one of the top running teams. And so, and also when they're passing offenses clicking without those fluky picks, they're, you know, they're right at the top. So yeah, no argument there. Let's put the 49ers at two. You can maybe 49ers. even talk me out of the dolphins at three. <laughs> Well, see, we like we're okay. So we're just gonna have to suss out these next handful of teams to figure out the <laughs> yeah. Dolphins because you you might talk me into Dolphins at three. So uh, okay, Ravens 49ers, one two feels very yeah. very correct, and not only correct for these last four weeks, but again the confirmation bias of where these teams have been trending for the right. last two three months right uh, they, they've been working their way up working their way up. the 49ers had that slip in the middle of the season when everybody was hurt but they got right back on track after um this feels like so correct for how the season has gone that uh, right. i think this is the right move now it's gonna get weird. <laughs> what do you have so so now let's just say uh, flipping for you the dolphins and niners if, if you have the dolphins theoretically at three right now right how did you do three through seven? Like we're we're gonna have to suss out this entire group. I feel like okay. So assuming the Dolphins are at three, so we're looking at four through seven technically, right? Then yeah, for, for, yeah, for yeah. me, plus, for plus me, the Dolphins, you, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Okay. So I at four. That's where I stopped the Eagles slide. Okay, I had them dropping to four. I had the Bills moving up to five. Okay, from eight, and I had the Cowboys at six. Okay. <laughs> And then I had the Lions at seven. You did have the Lions over the Chiefs. Oh I my did. gosh. Oh I my did. gosh. So where do you I have did. the Chiefs? At eight. Okay. At eight. And that and that was so th- this is the one that I'm glad we're I'm glad we sped up a little bit because I wanted to talk about why I dropped the Chiefs so much. I yeah, this is it. one talk, where, talk to me about the Chiefs. Because I this, I put the Chiefs at three. 
but I didn't feel oh, okay. I didn't feel okay. great about it. But I had them. Oh, I think the Eagles slide is worse than the Chiefs slide, so that's interesting. Oh, okay. That we that feel opposite about that. Yeah. Um, but but talk to me about the Chiefs who you put behind the Lions. My goodness. <laughs> well, if you recall, Simon, um, the Lions have beaten the Chiefs per, this year. Per my last email. <laughs> <laughs> So the Lions have the head-to-head matchup, right? I'm just kidding. I know that was week one. That was the opening night of the season. I get it. And obviously, um, Kadarius Tony has sorted things out since then. So that's good. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, this is the epitome of what we were talking about in the disclaimers for me. This is the team that I've never even really considered moving out of the top three. Um, even when, you know, for each time we've done this, it's like they'll get their passing game figured out. Pat Mahomes is good. This this time around, they have like one of the best defenses in the league. It's a top five defense. Like, you know, for once they have that and they don't have the offense, but like Mahomes, Kelsey, they'll be fine. They'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. This to me was like, okay, they haven't figured it out yet. And I don't know when they're going to figure it out now. Now they're nine and six. Um, Their last four games since we talked, they've lost three of those four. Yes, once to the Bills but they lost to the Raiders. They also lost to the Packers, two teams who are way we're not close to talking about yet. And their one win was against the Patriots who, you know, a very long week before we talk about. Yeah. So, so, so for a team to win one out of four and also a team that I keep expecting to just figure it out at this point, like I don't know if they are going to figure it out. I don't know if they're going to be able to put up points in the, in the playoffs. In their three losses these past and they haven't even hit 20 points, which is crazy for a Chiefs team, um, you know, and then losing to the Raiders at home. But I know that, again, two defensive touchdowns is pretty fluky. It's not like the Raiders exactly, you know, dominated. But, I mean, Zamir White ran for like 145 yards. Like, they were able to possess the ball and, and limit the opportunities to an extent for, for Mahomes. And so, um, you know, they've had two turnovers in the past, each of their past three games. I, You know, I, obviously they're going to make the playoffs – and once you're in the playoffs, you don't really ever want to bet against Mahomes. He gives you a chance anywhere, especially with the defense they have. So it, putting him at eight feels crazy to me as well. But then I look at what they've done. I'm like, but they're they're kind of in free fall mode. Like, you know, because before this this set of four, they also they beat the Raiders. They lost to the Eagles, which is another tough one. I don't know. Just I just couldn't. I looked at those three losses in this past four, and I was like, oh my god, they're this is, this is like if this were any other team. Um, I wouldn't be giving Ben up for the doubt, but I keep saying, well, it's Reed, it's Mahomes. It's like, but then again, they haven't, they haven't done anything to show me that they're they're fixing anything offensively. Um, and so again, this, so I dropped them to eight, but it's more of a, this was coming last time, but I gave them benefit of the doubt, I guess is how I would say why, why I have the chiefs this low. So, I mean, those, those are all, those are all good points, I guess. I need to, I need, it's so it's so tragic so so here's ultimately why i kept the chiefs at three and i i dropped the eagles down to seven so we basically oh, okay. we did we did okay. similar things but with our with the opposite two teams here at the top so both both schedules in these last four games for both teams are bad right the chiefs obviously would have worse losses being the raiders and packers uh, whereas the Eagles right. lose the Niners, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. It's like, man, you can't really feel that bad about it. Um, both right. wins to bottom six or seven teams in the Giants and the Patriots. But the Eagles are, are continuing to struggle with the things in the offense that they've been struggling with all season. I guess the Chiefs are as well. But the Chiefs, you mentioned it, do have that defense to to hang its hat mm-hmm. on. Now, again, uh, like you said, over 100 yards on the ground to the back of running back for the Raiders doesn't feel great. 
Um, but by DVOA, they're still a top 10 team in both. I think they're six they're and they're six in offense of DVOA, which is insane. They're, I think they're seventh on the, uh, uh, through the air. Um, and defensively they're, uh, let's see, I just had this up They're They're like six or something like that or ninth, ninth. So they're top 10 in offensive and defensive DVOA, whereas the Eagles are, uh, eighth on offense and they're 23rd on defense. So that trend has just continued for them. Yeah. One thing with the Chiefs and this offense is you mentioned them leaning on the defense this year. That's 100% true. They've also leaned on the run game, which they haven't had since Isaiah Pacheco uh, got hurt because in since we last spoke, he had another shoulder surgery, which I believe he had one maybe either early in the season or, or during the offseason, just before the season started, I think. Um right. That and that's hurt their offense. Like their offense has been running the ball, and and they're they're not doing that. So I'm I'm looking up the weekly DVOA stats for them, where they've been trending. I mean, they were bottom four here in, in the Raiders uh, in DVOA, and they've been negative for two weeks in a row. Um, so ever I forget which game exactly Pacheco went out in, but they've been certainly trending in the wrong direction since their bye week. They've been uh, negative on offense three out of the six weeks um really good one of those weeks in week 12 and then week 13 they started to dip back down so they're definitely trending in the wrong direction offensively which isn't good considering it it hadn't been great up until then um but i guess when i really sit down and again this is where it kind of went into the eye test not so much the eye test but just but just like vibes right when i when i'm going into it and i'm looking at these teams and this might be more head to head between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Which of these two teams am I going to count on more? And mm-hmm. because, and see, even as I'm saying it, man, I'm like, man, I don't know. Like, they <laughs> haven't shown me this thing. And and I like I always say, like, when when a player gets a surgery mid season, like that's not a good sign. So we can't just assume Pacheco, even though right. he, I think he had decent numbers last week he's going to be as effective or he's going to be able to be the guy that they lean on the same way, especially if, right. if the defense is trending down. And that was the other thing I wanted to look at from a weekly perspective. If the defense is starting to trend down, they're not going to be able to hold their hat to like, Hey, we can, we can keep these things low. Um, by DVOA, it was, it was average this past yeah. week. It was very good. The last two weeks, um, it, it was very bad in their week 13 matchup. So, you know, it, it's it's a, a little more up and down than it was to start the season, but overall it's still not too bad. Um, but gosh, like, it's, I mean, it's gross right now. It's tough. <laughs> yeah. um, you make a good point about the Eagles defense, uh, though, because that is something the Chiefs can hang their hat on, is is typically, it's like you've been mentioning, it's been, it's been good most of the time. It's been slipped, slipped a little bit. I think we're, I'm trying to figure out where, now that I, where I st- why I stopped the Eagles slide where I did. And I think it was just, it was partly due to the gauntlet of schedule where they had yeah. Niners, Cowboys, and Seahawks. Cause I even wrote, I was like, they finished with the Giants twice and the Cardinals. Like, we're not going to know anything different than we know now about the Eagles. Cause they're probably going to win those three games and, and, you know, win the East, potentially win the East. And like, but we're not going to learn much from these, these three games. I don't think, unless they lose, unless they continue to, to downward spiral, but they beat the Giants and, you know, it was closer than it should have been. Um, and they also have multiple turnovers in their past few games. I think it's, it's for me in the Eagles, it's always about the fact that they have the running game. 
And if they, you know, the thing is they need to play with the lead. I feel like they're, they're not, they, they haven't like last year, I feel like they had a lead almost every single game. There's, they can, they can control the tempo a lot, could control the tempo a lot better. Um, I also think the, I think it was the Seahawks game where Jalen Hurts just looked off a little bit. Um, and I don't know if I kind of played that in as like, well, he's allowed an off game because he's usually very, very even keeled and stuff. He just didn't look the same against the Seahawks. They were playing an emotional game. Um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it is, it is hard because these were two teams that I was expecting to keep in the top three all year. Like the, the, this is, these are the teams like why you don't want to do, power rankings based on just records and stuff because you don't want to say like yeah they spun a little bit but it's the Chiefs like you want to be able to hang your hat on that but then I'm just looking back and it's like what are the Chiefs doing what are the Eagles doing and now we don't know anything about the Eagles because of their schedule and the Chiefs finish easily too they have the Bengals who they should beat and then they have the Chargers so like they um they really have no like both both teams should win out now and you know assuming they don't continue to limp into the playoffs it'll be might be back to business as usual, but for now, I don't know. It's, it's been, it's really bizarre. So, okay. So I did just go back and confirm this too. So Pacheco got hurt, I think in that week 13 game against the Packers, um, because yeah. he was then out for weeks 14 and 15. And that was when they started trending down. Now he played a majority of that Packers game. And, and the fact that not only did Kansas City start declining their offensive league again between weeks 12 and 13, and then obviously after Pacheco went out, I mean, Green Bay skyrocketed. They were third in offensive DVOA that week against the Chiefs <laughs> defense. So, and, and and like, there's no real, like, explaining it. Like, the, the offense yeah. is just sputtering and sputtering and sputtering, and that's making it harder and harder and harder on the defense. Um but yeah. Gosh, I mean, I think, I think, I, I would still say I trust them more than the Eagles right now. It is so hard with the schedule, though, because yeah, that's. I didn't expect to do this much waffling here, just between the Chiefs and the Eagles, <laughs> and and I'm so I'm so thrown off of my notes and my game right now because I'm just like, man, are the Chiefs like the worst team in the NFL? I don't know. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I was I was worried about the Chiefs because I I knew I was, I knew I was going to have dropped them. Further, but you had the Eagles at seven, so you dropped them significantly. Yeah, I, but you had I, the Chiefs. Who did you have? Who did you have like four or five? So I had the Bills jumping to four. Okay, I had the so jumping four spots. I had the Dolphins at five, jumping one spot, and I had the Cowboys at six. So really, I had the Cowboys and Dolphins because to me, they what the Cowboys and Dolphins did in these last four weeks has been very much what they've been doing all the see all season. The Cowboys mm -hmm. went two and two to the Bills and the Dolphins, good teams. Yep. Um, but they beat the Seahawks and the Eagles, also good teams. So this gauntlet of games that when I did the NFC playoff picture a couple of weeks ago with Ben Parker, like they came out two and two in this. They're they're ten yeah. and five. They're yeah. they're in they're doing really, really well. Um it, it was obviously tough to to lose to the Dolphins the way they did, and and they did get crushed by the Bills. Um uh, I forget their defensive tackles name, uh, Haskins, Hankins, uh, Jonathan Hankins. Um, yep. He gets hurt in that Bills game. The Bills are able to just run all over them. So clearly exploiting uh, a, a deficiency, a chink in the armor. But offensively, they're still able to do basically everything they want. They're they're another team that's in the top 10 of both offensive and defensive DVOA. Um, so, so to me, it was kind of the confirmation of like, these are the teams that I expected them to be, and I'm just swapping mm -hmm. 
Whereas the Bills, they kind of jump back into who we thought they were the first half of the season before their yep. midseason slump. So again, not even looking at like a lot of the numbers, it's just like okay, they're they're back to where they were. I do, I do, I do have the Chiefs too high though because they, I think they have confirmed that they are not. It's not all right. It's not who we thought right. they were. And look, if I'm not dropping them below the lines, <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't think I can have them below the Eagles either. But I think, I think yep. the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Cowboys have been too have either been too good throughout the season or for the Bills in their case. I mean, what I want to look back at the exact schedule for the Bills and when their slump happened and what they've been doing since then. Because I mean ever I mean, people didn't like it because it didn't it didn't it wasn't so obvious to pinpoint. But when they moved on from uh Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, this offense started working. You know, yep. they, they lose yep. to the Broncos in week 10. Um, they fire Ken Dorsey then. Since then, they're four and one, and their only loss is that overtime loss to the Eagles, who yep. I know I've said uh, had their struggles, but still a top 10 team. Still a top 10 team, yep. But they destroy the Jets like they're supposed to, and then they beat the Chiefs, they beat the Cowboys, and then I don't love the fact that they only beat the Chargers by two. So maybe that is kind of, you know, a little bit uh, well, nerve wracking, but. They've been good since then, and and that's when did we do this power ranking at the start of their bye week? Um, so they're yeah. three and zero since we've last since we last talked, yep. and it's been more of what we saw the two weeks previous, where it was like, okay, we think they're trending back in the right direction. Yeah, I yeah, I'm totally with you on the Bills. I moved them up to you had had them at four. You said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, I move up to five. I don't have to stop at five. I think that's that's a pretty that's a pretty easy discussion for me. Um, because like you said, three and all in the past past three weeks, the Chargers game was close. They had three turnovers again. My whole spiel with the spiel with the Bills is when they're not turning the ball over, they have the highest one of the highest ceilings in the league, if not the highest. Um, you know, they didn't even need Josh Allen in the Dallas game because they ran for two hundred and sixty six yards. <laughs> like they mm-hmm. they just dominated. So like and and like you said, the the Eagles loss in OT was a was a well fought battle. That wasn't a they lost their game lost the game they lost the game but they got beat and it was a good game between two good teams so they went in with positive momentum came out of the bye and, and they won three straight against formidable opponents um excluding of course the chargers <laughs> um, so they're they're back to showing us their ceiling and it's kind of peaking at the right time the playoffs and horizon so so i have no qualms with moving the bills up um and i had already actually in my notes i prepared to not punish the cowboys as much because i kind of you know, like you said, missing Jonathan Hankins, I kind of picture the loss of the Bills as more of an, an anomaly for, for the Cowboys, like to lose that poorly. I think it was just the the combination of that followed by another loss to to a good team. And I was like, you know, maybe, but I wasn't going to, I only moved him down one. I wasn't going to, I didn't even consider moving him down below the Lions or the Chiefs at that point. So, so we're, we're kind of on the same page there, but you, so you have the Dolphins at six. Chiefs. I have the Dolphins at five. At five. The Dolphins okay. at five. So I think I think we can pretty securely say in some order, three, four, five, rounding out our top five should be Bills, Dolphins, and Cowboys. And yeah. we're we're punishing the Chiefs and the Eagles for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh if you're good with moving the Eagles down, because we haven't really talked about uh can can you move the Eagles below those three teams? Um yeah, I think I think so. I I'm, I, my my thing with the Eagles have always been like the stuff they do really well is so easily consistent. 
um, you know, winning in the trenches, running the ball, but they, they haven't really, I mean, they, they just don't look the same. I, I wrote in my notes, I said that I don't think anyone's super scared of the Eagles anymore. Like um, I know when the Vikings played in week two, I was terrified. It was like, how do you stop this team? You see, they, if they get within two yards, they have the tush push, the tushy pushy. Like I said, Mike on the bikes. It's like, I hate a, that stupid a play. Top five moment of Mike on the bikes. That is great stuff. Great stuff. Everyone go listen to Mike on the bikes. <laughs> so, so that that bothers me. Like I said, the, the, I, di- I didn't knock him enough for losing to Seattle because I, f- I felt like Jalen Hurts was just kind of off that game in, in a weird way, but, you know, he still was off. Like they still lost. They still didn't play well. Um, and I think this, the gauntlet of Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks is a, is about as tough as it comes. So, um, and they've had, they've beaten the Chiefs. They have beaten the Bills. I don't know. It's, it's tough, but I don't, I don't think you're going to get too much argument from me. I had the Dolphins at two, so I'm clearly okay with them ahead of the Eagles. And, um, the Bills, to, to me, the Bills, I only need to go three to try to kind of curb the the drastic change. But again, we've talked about it constantly about how they're high their ceiling. So that's like when they're playing at their ceiling, they are close. They are a top five team. You know, they could falter in the last two games and then fizzle on the playoffs. But right now they're playing at their peak kind of. So, so yeah, I, I, I would say that's good. Let's do that. Let's, let's knock the Eagles and Chiefs down a peg or two and keep them out of the top five. My last thing on the Eagles is last year you mentioned they would get the lead, right? So they'd have an explosive play early. They'd yep. get a quick 7 nothing lead. They could run the ball. And the pass rush just isn't the same as it was last year. Losing Javon yep. Hargrave, having the issues on the back end with the health, bringing in Kevin yep. Byard, the, losing the linebackers that they lost. But uh, Hassan Reddick hasn't hasn't had the season that he had last year. You know, Josh Sweat hasn't had the se- the whole defensive line. Even though Jalen Carter has been a breath of fresh air and and doing great as a pass rushing and run stopping rookie defensive tackle, it's not like he's getting home a bunch. They're fifteenth right. in the league in sacks this year. Last year they were first by a mile. Yeah, and, and sure. that's changing the math on their defense for everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and guys have just been hurt. So, um. It's it's definitely not not the same team as last year. So sure. that was a whole lot of. I mean, my gosh, uh, we it's normally a lot more uh, clean and clear for us in the top ten before we get <laughs> yes. into the muck, and we just went through the the ringer. I would say there. So yes, here's what here's what I, I'm hearing. I think so. We have the Ravens and 49ers at one and two for for everyone at home listening. Um, Josh and I just rambled our way into what I think is. Dolphins at three, Bills at four, Cowboys at five. Sounds good to me. I want to. I want to respect the, that you had the Dolphins all the way at two, and I'm trying to think of a good, really good reason why the Bills should be higher than the Dolphins, but I can't really think of one at the moment because that would mean I was just the Bills say, at you... three, which would be pretty significant. Right. Um, and the Dol- I mean, yeah, the Dol- Dolphins are. You, and you so had well. you had the Dolphins at five, so you weren't too far off from yeah. All right, so that's what we're doing. We have the Dolphins at three, and that means they're moving up three spots from last time. Mm-hmm. We're having the Bills at four, which means they're moving up four spots from last time. <laughs> Just unprecedented movement in the top five of the power rankings. <laughs> we've, we've never had, never had this movement in the top ten. That's for sure. Or top and five. The Cowboys are at five, and they're staying. They're staying right where they are. Which. That- that feels right for them. They, yeah. they are who we thought they, went, we, they were four weeks ago. Yep, two and two in their last four, like you mentioned. Their two wins are against good teams. Their two losses are against good teams. Like they have, they have the staying power there for sure. 
Chiefs Eagles, we have rambled our way through it. And you know what? I'm just going to play a card right now before you can. <laughs> and we're going to play. Oh, I, I, this would be a good time to remind everybody what the cards are. If you are unaware or don't remember the complicated <laughs> cards that we play during this, Josh and I come to this power ranking in a consensus way as best we can. But if we cannot come to one or we've rambled for too long and we just need to come to an answer, we have three cards that we can play to uh, force an answer upon the other. The first card is the Peter Griffin back scratcher card. Uh, it's your classic. I'll scratch your back. You scratch mine. Play this card anytime you want. Your ranking use no questions asked. Uh, you know, it, it'll all work out in the end. Card number two is the JD and Turk friendship card. This card, very similar to the back scratcher card, but you're guaranteeing that you are seeding the next spot whenever the the your your I don't know, your partner wants to uh, go with their ranking, right? So if I play this card for uh, the Chiefs being at six, which is what I'm doing with the back scratcher card. Um, and then Josh is like, well, I want to put the Lions at seven over the Eagles. And I say no. Then that activates the Walter and Jesse betrayal card. And Josh can then go at any point higher than what we've already done and change something that's happened in the ranking already. I don't think we've had to do that yet. No. Um so we have a, a French tonight when I'm going to move the Lions up to like five or something. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I really I really need to be on my P's and Q's and not, not mess with you. Um, and then number three is the community dice roll card where I just pull up a uh, random dice roll on the Internet and we let the fates decide. So I'm going to go ahead and play my back scratcher card because we've talked about these teams enough. I have mm-hmm. the Chiefs at six. And that is a what is that? One, two, four. three, four spot drop for them. For and what it's worth. Eagles at seven. For what it's worth. I This is why I appreciate doing this with you, Simon, is that put the Chiefs at eight looked looked almost blasphemous to me. I felt really guilty about it. And so now I don't feel as bad. <laughs> so, so here's why I was able to go from the Chiefs at three to six despite the you know with the 10 minutes of of mishmash that i gave everybody (laughs) yeah so i i wrote all this stuff down for chiefs and eagles and this whole group and then i said ultimately it comes down to this based on the numbers and various struggles we've seen from both teams and the home stretch and this final stretch of games i think the eagles are a top 10 team but not a top five team just intrinsically they're still a, a top third of the league team but they're not a top what is that sixth elite team they're not an elite team this year right whereas i think the chiefs are still a top three team because of patrick mahomes andy Reid, and the defense and then i I wrote that down in my notes and then i was like do i really think that i don't think (laughs) that i don't think the chiefs are a top three team right now so i'm i'm happy with this it it does feel weird having them outside of the top five when we do our addendum in two weeks we might be like what were we talking about they just (laughs) like they won their last two games by a combined point total of like 45 points and we're we're silly forever doubting but that's why i just won't put them below the lines all all these other teams i think you can defend especially at this point of the year Mm -hmm. but uh six feels right for the chiefs perfect all right my goodness let's round out so so we we have generally especially i'd say the last two power rankings um and, and before we started recording we agreed on this we basically have a top 11, and it really hasn't changed in a while. So, Josh, can you round out your uh, what we would have for the next uh, 8, 9, 10, next four teams here? 
So I have, I would have the Lions in there. Do you have them this high? Yeah, I have them at eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. So I, we can pencil Lions in right away or pen them in. Um, I have the Cleveland Browns at nine. Yep, me too. Very good. I have the Seattle Seahawks at 10. Yep. Um, and then my my 11 actually might throw things off. I'm, I moved a team over oh, from. Oh, gosh. Oh, sorry. Right. I, I know. I'm, I'm messing everything up. I'm sorry. I, no, this is great. This is excellent content. <laughs> So I, I think we should stop at 10 because it sounds like we probably have a different 11. <laughs> I think we should stop at 10. Uh, this is great. Okay. Um, eight Lions, Browns, nine, Seahawks, 10. That's exactly what I have. Um, nice. Let me give you, let me give you my little spiel for these teams. You can give your little spiel and and I think it'll, it'll all just, just make sense to everybody and we, we can leave all alone. Um so, so the team I have at eleven, I'm counting as a half here. But, but the the funny thing in, in rounding out our top ten is there's only ten and a half good teams in the NFL in 2023, Josh, and one of them is quarterback by Joe freaking Flacco, and it makes it makes me really sad. Not and not only wish- as a Steeler fan, but yeah. it's just it's it's just a tough look for the NFL right now that the Jets' third string quarterback, who they wouldn't bring back this year after Rodgers got hurt, and who still who who was like out loud saying he wanted to come back even weeks into the Zach Wilson experiment. And they were like, nah, we're good. Just like is on the Browns and winning football games. It is, it is tough to see as a Steeler fan and just for the NFL in general. So, so that's a bummer. (laughs) Um, Let's see, talk about this group as a whole. The Lions worried us in the last stretch, right? Jared Goff is turning a bit bit back into a pumpkin, but they're still great overall on offense. They are fifth uh, by uh, an offensive DVOA. They're an average to mediocre defense, 14th in, in uh, defensive DVOA. Um, but I think they've kind of resettled into who they are and what they do. Um, the Browns, on the other hand, are just still an elite defense. And they're m- approaching mediocre to average offense, uh, just mm-hmm. with a lot of turnovers. So that's still going to hurt them in the advanced stats. But um, this is what Joe Flacco is going to do, man. He's been doing it for, I don't know, 45 <laughs> years at this point. He's going to drop back. He's going to huck it, and he's either going to get a pass interference or an interception or a touchdown, and that's about it. <laughs> um, and then at 10, the Seahawks here, um, I just have, you know, they were in danger. They did fall out of the top, or they're in danger of falling out of the top 10 in offense and defense by DVOA. Um, but they're kind of coming out of their bad stretch now. Ken, Ken Walker was hurt when we last talked. Uh, Geno Smith was entering into a couple weeks of injuries. Yep. Um, both of those guys are playing now and getting healthier. The offensive line has kind of resettled finally uh, after this whole season of, of turmoil. Um, they're they're coming out of it. They're you know the Seahawks are two and two with wins against the Titans and Eagles. Obviously, that that Eagles win was a big one for them uh, in yep. prime time. They lose to the Cowboys and Niners. So again, like super tough schedule. You know that's just kind of how yep. it goes. Um, to give the records in this stretch that the Lions are 11 and 4 on the season. They're 3 and 1 in the last 4 with the loss to the Bears, wins against the Vikings, Saints and Broncos. So nothing, you know, the, the Vikings obviously a pretty good team, but nothing terribly impressive, but just the way they look, they're back on track. The Browns are 10 and 5 on the year, 3 and 1 in the last 4, lose to the Rams, wins against the Texans, Jags and Bears. Not bad. Um but again, just the way these three teams are playing is kind of just reaffirming about where they should be. So Lions, Browns, Seahawks, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, um, I agree with everything. Everything that you said. My my spiel on the Lions. The reason I had them high was 
you know, I've already mentioned the running game and my addiction to looking at running game stats for, for the top teams. Cause you know, the lions are right up there in the mix with a number of other teams in our top five um, in our top 10 that with the running uh, their yards per game and things like that. And another group that they're in an elite company with is like red zone TDs per game. Uh, mm-hmm. They're fourth, fourth in the league. One of the top five, if you look at the other teams in the top 10, they're all contenders uh, teams that, put touchdown or put six points up instead of three teams that get to the red zone and convert. And so that that's the mark of a good offense, not just a lot of yards, not just some big plays here and there, but they're doing it consistently and, um, and putting up touchdowns, not just field goals. So uh, the, the, the big issue with the lions is how their defense will play when, when playoff time comes, because they can be very leaky. They can be really um, mediocre. Um, And if that's the case, they're going to have a hard time unless they create turnovers um, to go, to go far into in the playoffs. So, but for now, uh, like you said, it looks like they've righted the ship, and and I I'm definitely having the top ten for sure. So at eight eight sounds perfectly right to me. On uh, the Browns, we've said this all along. With that defense, they just need competent quarterback play. They just needed to find a competent quarterback, and they can be in the discussion of the AFC, and that's where they are right now. Um, you mentioned the turnovers though, and that's going to be something that um, will probably come back to bite them at some point because they have eight in their past three games. They're also plus one though in that stretch. So somehow with eight turnovers in three games, they're still on the positive side of the TO margin. Um, And so that's where I don't think it's sustainable. I think there was someone, uh, another Joe Flacco joke I saw on Twitter about, you know, can you just pencil in Flacco to throw for three touchdowns and two interceptions every game, basically. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of playing with fire a little bit. The Browns are, but, but that's what they should be doing because they have that defense. They need to get to the playoffs and see what happens. Um, And so good on Joe Flacco for, for having a little resurgence here and, and I'll be quietly rooting for them. I think, um, oh god, you know, in the AFC to to kind of to kind of make a mess of things. I think that'd be kind oh, of interesting. So, and then for the Seahawks, I I wrote that their eight and seven record is exactly where they should be. Uh, you mentioned the two wins, the two losses, and the tough schedule. They're like the they're like the quintessential five hundred team to me right now. Like they're they're not they're they're not flashy. They're not bad. They're never like amazing. They're good. They're above average. They're consistent for the most part. Um, I when looking up their stats, I found that there are only four teams in the fourteen teams in the league with a positive um, average turnover margin per game. So that's less than half of the league. Um, but the Seahawks are one plus three on the season. But they're also on the low side of both takeaways and giveaways. So they have 19 takeaways, 16 giveaways. So it's obviously a net positive, but it's not like what to kind of go with the fact that it's just kind of boring and, and not uh, boring is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Like, like average, maybe above average, like solid, decent, good football. Like that's who the Seahawks are to me because uh, their takeaways are on the low side, but so are the giveaways. They're not making a ton of mistakes. Um, you know, the, the Drew Lock win over the, over the Eagles, it was huge for this team. Um, and I think that sent them in the right direction. And I just don't feel like they have bad losses. Um, but they, but then again, they, they beat the Titans and it was a close, tough game. Like, it's not like they're running, wiping the floor with people like their division rival, the Niners are. And so that's why they're, that's why they're on the top 10 fringes. They're not like, you know, I definitely don't see them anywhere near the top five yet, but also this is a playoff team. This is a good team. This is a, you know, they'll be, they'll be fine. They'll be competitive. And, uh, who knows what they can do in the playoffs, but I don't think too much. <laughs> we'll see. We're just going to end up getting matched up with the Niners again, and it's going to be just six games <laughs> in two years, and it's just like we yeah. are going to know exactly what's going to happen. Yes. It's, it's tough. Um, shout out to oh, you yes. forever. <laughs> okay. We have rounded out our top ten. We're roughly an hour into this thing. 
there's n- there's no telling how this is going to go the rest of the way, but based on what Josh has previewed about his 11th team and how 12 through 25 always goes for us, this is a great time to take a quick little break. Um, and we will hit some advertisements about some other box score network podcasts. And Josh and I will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Ronan Summers and I want to tell you about the Stat Sheet Podcast. Every Tuesday, you can hear me and my co-hosts break down the biggest games and analyze what's happening around the NFL. Follow the Stat Sheet Podcast on Twitter at the Stat Sheet Pod and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Parker. And I'm Robert Zenvire, and we are the Odds on Favorite, presented by Boxcore Network. Every week, we analyze NFL point spreads, over-unders, props, futures, and much more. Follow us on Twitter, at Odds on Favorite, and listen on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Connor. I'm Billy. And I'm Austin. And we're the host of the Tricky Takes podcast presented by the Box Score Network. We talk about all things sports ranging from golf, baseball, football, NBA, and all college sports. Come give us a listen and make sure you follow us over on Twitter at Tricky Takes. And that's tricky with two eyes. And we are back. Thank you all for being back here with the Simon Short Podcast. Josh Lipsand is here. We are doing our power rankings here after week 16 of the NFL season. To recap our top 10, we have the Ravens, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Cowboys rounding out the top five, Chiefs and Eagles taking their medicine for Josh and I not overreacting to them all season long and uh, just shoving it all in right at the end. Um, <laughs> this is this is when you had all weekend to clean your room and Sunday afternoon, just before your parents come in and check, you throw it all in the closet. That's what we have done with the Chiefs and Eagles, threw them in the That's closet. Right. Um, Lions at eight, the Browns at nine, and the Seahawks are at 10. Josh, you have teased a very fun uh, – change here at 11 we've had roughly the same 11 teams in the top 11 for let's see if i can go back and look uh well it's not so crazy the browns were at 13 just two power rankings ago um but we've had roughly the same 11 teams for like i don't know i'd say like the last 10 weeks or so (laughs) and i kept the same 11 um so just tell us now josh who is your 11th best team in the nfl right now so I finally gave some credit or extra credit to the Los Angeles Rams. We did it. We did it. We did it. Yes. That's my 12th team. That's my 12th oh, team. All right. Let's go. Let's go. This is fantastic. Go ahead. Tell us why the Rams are your number 11. I might go ahead and just give this one to you. I love it. Oh, hey, nice. Um, So, okay. What are they write about the Rams? So I, I wasn't super impressed with them early on when their offense started clicking. Like they haven't been bad all year, but I wasn't as impressed. I think they were the one that – had done well in their division, but they hadn't exactly, you know, beaten any world beaters. And there was kind of like, okay, are they are they back or are they just kind of a team that's there? But they have 30 points in three of their last four games. And in the fourth game, they had um, 28. So their offense is really clicking. Um, and their only loss was Ravens in overtime. And so that's the best team in the league, according to us right now. So this team is mm-hmm. actually good. And, you know, I, here I am again with the running game. 
um, my my new fancy metric is how good a team is on the running game, right? And so I wanted to put in perspective for my stat, like Kyron Williams, what he's done this year. So I was looking into his numbers. So he's second in the league in rushing. He's got 1,075 yards. That's in 11 games. And that's fewer than any other RB on that list until like number 22 in terms of games played. So basically mm-hmm. in fewer games than every other primary running back, he is second in the league in rushing. And he's first in the league in yards per game with 96.1. That puts him in the discussion for both those categories with Christian McCaffrey. Like Kyron Williams is is going off this year. Um, Matt Stafford looks good. Um, someone made the someone, you know, kind of did a dig at Mahomes. They showed the highlight of Matt Stafford doing the sidearm mm-hmm, throw and mm-hmm. saying, like, why do we always appraise Matt or Patrick Mahomes does this when he's tons of quarterbacks do that? And Stafford has been doing it for a long time. It's like, you know, they we forgot how good this team could be when they're, when they're healthy um, and especially offensively, because with the emergence of Puka Nakua, like that, this team has a shot to, to, you know, be competitive in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl running team right now, but we had them down at 17. And when I was looking at the other teams in this, this top half of the league, I was like, at this point, I don't even know if I'd keep the Rams down anymore because of how good they've looked recently and so i finally gave him credit where credit was due i was like they're, they're probably one of my biggest movers if not my biggest at six spots up from 17 but i was like let's give the rams their due i don't know how they'll finish the season because they do have a penchant for messing around and stafford could throw some extra picks for no reason and all of a sudden it would be off the rails again but for right now this team is probably going to be uh the sixth seed and um you know they'll give they'll give they'll give their first matchup run for the money that's for sure so I absolutely love this. I knew, I just, I knew in my heart of hearts that we were going to be on the same page of this. This was my, it wasn't my biggest mover from our rank last time in terms of number, but in terms of moving up through a couple different tiers into this group, um, this was my, I'd say most impactful move. Um, The Rams this year are eighth in points, seventh in yards, they are seventh in offensive DVOA. Uh, they are sixth in passing offense DVOA and, and seventh on the ground. Um, the top seven teams we've all mentioned, by the way. So, so your your, your running game is um, uh, quite yep. pertinent here, even in the <laughs> oh, advanced yes. statistics. Uh, you got to be able to run the football. Wins against the Browns, Commanders, and Saints. That loss to the Ravens was a good game. It was a great game. Um, yeah. I preseason before the Cooper cup hamstring injuries all took place. I sat down and looked at it. We even did the the initial uh, power rankings. And when I'm going, uh, you know, I, I know I had talked about DVOA a lot, but it it really does hold true to when you get to the end of the season, how everything kind of just nets out. Even um, Mm -hmm. it's very uh, indicative of, of where the final ranks come out. And there was nothing on paper before the Cooper cup injury that said, that the Rams couldn't be a top 10 offense and let's even say a mediocre defense, right? In right. the like 18 to 22 range. And, and I think they're 23rd right now in defensive DVOA. It might even be a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Um, just being a young, hungry defense that flies around and is going to make some mistakes, but also create some turnovers and, and just yep. run and hit and, and do a bunch of stuff. And that's exactly what they do. And offense, they're a legitimate top 10 offense. They can run the ball. You know, they trade for freaking Kevin Dotson from the Steelers uh, in the <laughs> week before the regular season starts. And he's one of the best starting guards for them. They, they draft Steve Avila in the second round. He's the other guard. 
Um, they bench Joe Noteboom. They bench Brian Allen. They've remade this offensive line, which was such an issue for them last year. Puka Nakua is obviously a revelation. Yeah, he is just a bigger, faster Robert Woods from what Robert Woods was doing for this team from, what, 2018 to 2020? Yep. Um, <clears throat> and Matt Stafford is healthy. you know. And, and I was saying, like, if, if Stafford, Cup, and Donald are healthy, this is a playoff team. And then Cooper Cup got hurt, and yep. it, it didn't matter. It didn't – I mean, it did because they yeah, had their rough spots of the season – but he's healthy. He's playing. Bukunuku has emerged. Kyron Williams has emerged. You said it. Yep. And this team is just, it's its legitimately, I, I went ahead and put them in at 11 over the, the Jaguars here. I'll be interested to hear where you have the Jags uh, with the stretch they've had. Mm-hmm. But the Rams belong here. And, and yep. the, the vibes have finally won out in terms of getting this team in here. But the, the numbers and, and the record and the play on the field has, has backed it up. Um, I love what the Rams are doing. And, and I think they are, for sure a team that every team in the NFC should should be wary of. It'll be interesting to see. Oh, yeah. We won't get a real another test of the 49ers, really, because they play in week 18. The 49ers might have the one seed wrapped by then. So, like, might not really know what that would look like. But I'd take, I, I, I would take the Rams to be competitive against anybody in the NFC in a playoff one-game scenario just because oh, of sure. what the offense can do. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know that I have the Jags at 12. Great. I stopped I stopped their slide there so we can pin them in. Um, it's funny because I had nothing good to say about the Jaguars. But, yeah, it's tough. It's a real tough but, look. Because they're kind of in free fall mode. I mean, I wrote that they have yeah. 10 turnovers in the last three games. They're giving up tons of yardage. Um, you know, my theme is the running game. Against the Bucks. they ran the ball 13 times for 37 yards. Like, yeah. they're just – they're falling into that habit of, like, getting down or feeling like they have to make big plays all the time. And so they're just having Lawrence huck the ball over all over the field. And the, the weird part to me is that we've been high on the Jags because they've been kind of just winning in a way that's not super flashy, but they've just been a, a good team. Cause I do think they're still a good team. And I just figured in my head, it was, this is a Doug Peterson team. At some point they're going to take off and they're going to be really good. Um, I had no, Nothing in my head that said they're going to go zero and four in this stretch and look like a team that might not even make the playoffs, and that's what they're doing now instead. And so it's it's very bizarre to me, but kind of based on their track record, they they've been pretty even keel all year. I was like, I think five spots is a pretty su- substantial punishment down to twelve, and then for the for the sake of also like this whole murky part of the the rankings, like they're you know it's it would be hard to put other teams above them, you know. Because they did have two of their four four losses against the Browns and the Ravens, so that's you know those are games that you would even expect. We had the Jags at seven, but you would expect them to struggle in those two games a little bit. The loss to the Bengals was weird, um, and I the, the Buccaneers are playing really good football right now. It's making me eat my words. I took we took a victory. I don't know if you did, but I definitely took a victory lap last week when I, you know, the Bucks were my team thirty two um, going into it. So last week they were on the heels of a really rough stretch. I was like, yeah, here we go. They're getting back into the yep. the, the dredges, yep. and now the Bucks went four and on this stretch, and I'm, that's I'm pissed off. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not like that, that but I'm also kind of annoyed because I'm like, <laughs> I took my victory lap last week. The Bucks were where they were going to be, but then here they come beating the Jags thirty to twelve. But the Jags had four turnovers, and that's again another another trend that's not a fancy metric, but I mean, they're just in a really bad downward spiral. I don't know if they're going to get out of it in time, but for now, it felt too much of a punishment to drop them below the 12 spot because we we were pretty high on them. They were, they were, I mean, we had them at seven last week, so or last uh, last, last pod, so. 
if you if you're someone that wasn't a Trevor Lawrence believer prior to this stretch in the last two plus years, I think you have to be now because here here's what is happening in this own fort. The the Texans were eight and three going into that. Was it a Monday night game? The primetime game. Yep, Monday night game against the Bengals in week 13. In that game, Trevor Lawrence gets the lower leg injury, which ended up being diagnosed as, I I believe, a high ankle sprain. I I don't fully remember. Um, And and C.J. Beathard comes in. They lose the game in overtime by three points. Yep. He comes back and plays against the Cleveland Browns. No one thought he was going to play that game. (laughs) No one thought he was going to play. The best and most nasty physical defense and just the, the most like a brick wall level defense, right? The Ravens do it by like flying around team speed, knowing where to be run and hit the Browns. is just like, you can't move against them. And and Lawrence comes in and plays. They have the four turnovers. I remember charting those interceptions. And one was like kind of just a deep ball, 50, 50 harm punt situation. Yeah. One came off of a tip. It, it was weird stuff. He played pretty well, despite yeah. um, the injury and, and going against the Browns, but they lose, they lose by four. Um, and then just a miserable show. And by the way, didn't he get concussed in that game? Or he like <laughs> went into concussion protocol after that? So that happens. Week 15 plays the Ravens with this ankle injury, ankle knee thing, concussion, all that. He he plays it. Did he play the Ravens game? Um, I think so. I think he That's did. Question, I think though. he did because we stopped caring about concussions and, and missing enough time. Um, <laughs> shout out to the NFL. I'm gonna double check now before I say anything yes, he else did. stupid. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, he, so he's not terrible numbers either. He's had two two sixty four and a touchdown, no picks. So, but again, the Ravens defense just like could they can't get anything yeah. going, and he has this leg injury, and he's got the, the, the coming off the concussion, and then he goes and he uh, hurts his gets a shoulder injury in this last week against the Bucks when just like nothing nothing was going right, and he even said after the game like it felt like they didn't practice all week because they just got out there and like, they did not know what was going on. So when, when you can't just fall back on, Hey, Trevor, go make something amazing happen. Or or you're not as worried about what Trevor's doing. So you can hone in on this mediocre run game, which is really just a bad run game that just on occasion pops off because ETN can get a couple runs to the outside. They don't have a, a real steady in between the tackle run game. Um, part of that is the offensive line set, but it's just, yeah, it's been gross. It's been gross. Mm-hmm. Um, so 12 is a good spot for them because after that, yeah. it, it's definitely going to get dicey, but yeah, this is a free fall of what four, four spots here. The Rams move up six. Um, and the, the Jags have the other, my stat for them is they're giving up just too much yardage on defense too. So yeah. all those issues you saw mentioned on offense. Um, I totally agree with you though. Trevor Lawrence is if, if nothing else proved that he's, He's a tough competitor, and he wants to win, and, and he for sure should have won people over if they were doubting um, at this point. But, yeah, they're like 26th in yards allowed per game. Like, they're just – to combine those offensive woes with, <laughs> with what their defense is doing or lack thereof, it's – yeah, it could could get a lot worse. But for now, I still believe. <laughs> and, and yeah, defensively, just like bottom five team in, in getting to the quarterback and, and making yeah. stuff happen and just – yeah, it's, it's a tough go. All right, so 12 for the Jags. That feels right. What's your next kind of what's your next kind of grouping here, would you say? How All right, teams? so let's see. 
So it's not super far off what we had last time with the exception of your squad who I dropped a little bit further. Yeah. That's um, <laughs> my team that I moved up actually into 13 is it hasn't looked very good. So this, we might have uh, some discussion here, but I actually I moved it might the, be the same team. I moved the Texans to 13. I did too. Oh, you did. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe on the, in the same, same boat, like they've just it's been without CJ Stroud. They're one yeah. and two without CJ Stroud. And I think that, you know, you factor that in and, and I'm going to give them a pass. I, I I don't know they they haven't earned it, I guess, but I feel like they're, they've looked fine. They did get a win. Um, you know, they're second in opponents yards per rush at 3.3. They have a run defense, which goes with my theme of teams that run and stop and run. <laughs> like, they, you know, they, I just love, I love the D'Amico Ryan's uh, fit there and everything about their season. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're in the same spot on them. Cause I, I always feel like last week I thought, or last time I thought I was going to be too high on their, seven spot move but we um but we landed on that so so yeah i i don't take too much stock into this one and two record right now because i think when Stroud gets back and when you know nico hollins nico collins is hurt for a couple games as well and i think when they get their full complement of weapons heading into the the home stretch they should be they should be all right um and they play the titans and colts to end the season so that'll that'll just basically determine you know this the afc south they're all Aside from the Titans, but it runs like eight and seven or seven and eight right now. So it's going to be an interesting conclusion to the season. But. Um, yeah, I, I have them here too. This was my, when I had the Rams at 12 and, you know, it was, it was Rams, Texans. It was, this was the tier of the vibes. I have one out and pushed the, these are the two teams that, that made it through the, the muck of the teams that based on record and stats and what they had done at various points of the season, these are the two teams that I'm like, you know what? At the end of the day, these teams are just better than the other load of crap that we're going to get ready to talk about here. Yep. Um, so Tank Dell got hurt after what? 12, the the Denver game. So that was yep. right in the stretch uh, that we're here talking about. Um, Tank Dell gets hurt. The next week they go play the Jets. CJ Stroud gets hurt. A bunch of dudes got hurt in this game. They've been dealing yep. with injuries. Um, here in the last month, Will Anderson has been on the injury report. You mentioned Nico Collins, a, a bunch of other guys on, on defense have been in and out. And through that, they're two and two. Um, they win the Broncos game. They they do get crushed by the Jets, and that was just so a uh, uh, a really tough combination of okay, first game without Tank Dell, other guys are already hurt, yeah. pouring down rain. Stroud is trying to figure things out. Elite defense. Stroud gets hurt in the game. He was already out of hand yep. at that point. But then to come out and, and gut out the Titans win, and, and you know, they, they've been doing a weird quarterback thing because they went with who's the old veteran that they went to? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Because uh, they went to Davis Mills in relief of the Jets game, but they wanted to go to Case Keenum with being the smarter guy, more time to prep. They thought he could get ready for the right. game. He plays the Titans. They win. He's getting crushed by the Browns when you're, you know, 35 and not that athletic and just not that good. It's a tough go. <laughs> Davis Mills comes in, I think, leads two touchdown drives and, and yep. kind of makes it a game Cleveland there for a little bit. Yep. Um, but they've just shown so much over the course of the entire season and for all the injuries they've dealt with to go two and two um, yep. and to beat okay-ish teams in the Broncos and Titans and, and you know, show some fight against a team like the Browns. It's just really impressive at the end of the day. And sure. what all the other teams have done that I have below them <laughs> yeah. is just is just kind of like 
the, the yep. Texans are almost the consolation prize, but they've just been really impressive, and I think they're going to finish strong. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying two and two because I was saying one and two that whole time. I didn't even factor in the, the Broncos win, and I that wasn't just me misspeaking. That was me accidentally only looking at the previous three games for the Texans. So <laughs> It's almost like the Broncos don't matter. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll boom, talk about that. Nice. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're the same there at 13. Yep. How many teams do you have grouped in this next range? I would say so 14 and 15 are some of our have been here before. 16, 17 are some big jumpers. So Okay. What's your 14, 15? 14, I have the Saints. Um oh. and, I, and I don't like the Saints. <laughs> I've if it makes you feel better, I have the Saints very far down. Oh, you do? Okay. Very good. Very good. Yep. yep. This this was the you know, we were talking this before we went recording. This is the team that every time I watch them, I'm like, this team is so bad. And then when I when I'm removed from watching them play football <laughs> and I'm looking at stats and numbers and things, I'm like, but they're not that bad. And I don't understand <laughs> the saints. And so they're at 14 just because they've been here and they're, you know, they're eight and seven or no, they're seven and eight. Sorry. They're seven and eight and everyone in their division, seven and eight. So maybe they're not that terrible. Like they're just so back and forth and annoying. Um, they went two and two, but they didn't beat anybody. They beat the Panthers and the giants. So if we want to move them below the 14 for that, that's totally fine. <laughs> I'm not going to fight fight for that um my stuff was all about the offseason for the saints and that maybe speaks to more about what i'm what i'm into for them like you know there's been a lot about Derek carr and the hatred and so i was like okay so how bad are his stats is here and i looked and they're, they're basically comparable to all of his other seasons like there's 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 not a lot there um and i know it, it hasn't always been a good look he's been yelling on the sidelines it's a lot of dump offs it's a lot of things like that because the average yards per Mm-hmm. attempt and stuff is definitely a little bit lower nothing drastic but but you know there are there are signs there that point to to a down year for him a little bit but you know instead of looking at why the saints should be 14 i started looking at what are they gonna do in the offseason like are they gonna because they just paid Carr a big deal and i believe it was dennis allen that kind of like wanted him to come in so i like do the saints say okay you guys have one more year to figure this out with draft picks in an offseason and figure it out and then you're both gone or is it we paid Derek Carr, Dennis Allen, you had your chance, you're done, and they're going to get a new coach and try to build around Carr. Because it's it's not a cheap contract. They're not going to be able to trade him. He So he's basically got to be there for another year or two, I would think, um, so they don't have so much dead cap. Um, but anyway, that's that's where I was kind of <laughs> – that's where I went with this because, you know, I, I still like we, – we talked ad nauseum about their defensive backs and the things they have on defense. They haven't been as – good at rushing the passer but the defense is mm-hmm. still pretty decent it hasn't been as good as they want it to be but again part of that's probably because their offense hasn't been super exciting but then again they're seven and eight they have a chance i don't know but so if you have them way below that's fine we do not have to i'm not going to use a card to get the saints here <laughs> that's for sure. it's just been the the four weeks for them and similar to the to the chiefs and eagles honestly like their their offense has just been so like murky and and inexplainable of like what is going on and why it's been so bad. Derek Carr continues to get hurt. Um, And the defense is suffering because of it. And partly because it is an older defense, especially up front. Um, They're, they're getting less and less push in the run game. They're getting to the quarterback less and less as the season goes. And the attrition of making up for a bad offense does this to a defense. They're currently 17th in defensive DVOA. So they're becoming up a low average defense right right before our eyes. And so much of what we were banging on for this team was, average offense and a uh, top 10 defense and right. they're neither of those things right now so the I, to me when i look at some of those stats 
those are finally backing up like you're saying what we're seeing um so i i jumped on that opportunity to to push them way down the list there you go all right well that sounds good i can't wait to see where they fall (laughs) it's 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 rough you're not going to agree with some of it but i i will feel pretty strongly when we get down there um who did you have at 15 all right so 15 is where i have my bikes um and sadly i have the vikings at 15 as well you do okay good I, Mm -hmm. i i they had to drop and i dropped them too i had a hard time even without my Vikings hat on, dropping them further. Um, and t- t- from Vikings fans to Vikings fans, it's honestly, it's the turnovers, it's the quarterback decision-making. Um, you know, we joked beforehand, if Mullins throws three picks instead of four last week, we have we have a good chance to beat the Lions. We're one of our top 10 teams. Like, I, I love our defense. I love that Justin Jefferson's back making plays. He's somehow only 177 yards away from 1,000 because um, he just passed – Michael Thomas for most receiving yards his first four seasons. Um, and he's missed what six games, seven games this year, uh, most of an eighth. Incredible. He's played half a season, he's just killing it. And um, someone posted today that to even have a chance on the last drive, he chases down a fumble and then he goes up and makes this epic contested catch to get a get close to a first down. Like he's trying to do is doing his part. I just I want to see him a Viking for his for his prime i know that lots of guys after their prime will take a paycheck somewhere else so i'm sure that'll happen but i want i don't care how much we have to pay him he's just he's so fun to watch so um but anyway uh off off track a little bit sorry <laughs> we've lost two that's okay three. i just got distracted by um watching mason rudolph practice practice film so we're both we're both in our, our home team fields <laughs> there we go there we go um you know the bikes have lost two of their three they had the weird three nothing win over the Raiders, um, which was horrifying for even the winning team there. But then Nick Mullins comes in against Cincinnati. We have an offense again; it feels good, and we inexplicably blew that game. We should there should have no. Um, I blame that on our defensive backs and of course turnovers. And then, <laughs> um, and then we hung tight with the Lions. So I, I look at our losses, and you know, again turnovers and kind of some fortuitous bounces. We didn't we got a lot of them last year football gods are evening it out this year we're not getting the right the right stuff this year and so they had to drop but i was like but they're still a good team like they could still easily get to the playoffs to beat the packers and maybe don't have to maybe the Lions don't play all their starters week 18 give us an easy one as well so it so it'll be interesting to see but um with mullins back yes we have more turnovers to worry about but we also have our offense back to to an extent where we can move the ball and um, get our playmakers involved so I dropped them two spots, but I was like, I don't think I can drop them further. So I'm glad that you have them still too. <laughs> yep. Yep. So other than other than the Saints, uh, who I said I, I had big movers down, I have one team. I have three teams in this group of four right here that okay. are kind of all about about in the range. Two droppers, two risers, one kind of a big riser. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. But I have a group of four here, and I'm going to give you my my group spiel and, and get your feedback on the other three teams that are in here. Okay. So I, I'm not married to this order, but what I did just based on my uh, – a little bit on my heart, but also on just like how this all nets out. I have the Steelers at 14 dropping two spots. I have the Vikings at 15 dropping two spots. I have the Bengals jumping up seven spots here to 16, and the Colts jumping off two spots to 17. Now, first on the Bengals, a big rise for them. We gave them the your starting quarterback who makes the whole thing go, just got hurt and is done for the season tax on our last ranking, and we dropped them like 11 or 12 or 15 spots or something crazy like that. (laughs) Um, 
And since then, they've like netted out to be pretty good. They're eight and seven on the year, three and one on the season, or three and one in this stretch of games, I should say. Um, they lose to the Steelers just last week on Saturday, but they beat the Jags, the Colts, and the Vikings. Decent wins. They're the 11th best team by offensive DVOA. They're, you know, uh, Brian out, Al- Brian Allen. Is that the backup quarterback's name? I don't even know anymore. Um, the, their offense is, is moving the ball, right? It, yeah. It's having success. So it, it kind of feels to me, this was a, okay, let's get back into the middle where this team actually netted out. Right. Um, similar thing happened to the Browns, right? We dropped the Browns pretty significantly when um, they were going through all their quarterback issues. And then they've kind of uh, righted back to where they're supposed to be. This is also the group that's just been beating the crap out of each other for the last three to four weeks. It was tough to really kind of differentiate because, um, you know, they, they, the Bengals were 3-0 until they played the Steelers, um, but the Colts beat the Steelers. But then, the you know, the, the Vikings, uh, what did they do? They lost to the Bengals. Um, the Colts have lost to the Bengals as well, but they beat the Steelers. So it's a whole it's a whole weird rigmarole of teams that are 8-7 and seven or 7-8 seven and eight have yes. been playing about the same. Here's what the advanced stats tell us. The Steelers and Vikings are both still top 10 defenses by DVOA. The Vikings are fifth. Cincinnati's a near top 10 offense. Um, And and the Colts are this just like toss-up frantic team uh, in terms of their results and stats, but they're just so soundly and well coached. I think they're 17th and 18th in offensive and defensive DVOA respectively. They just have some weeks where their numbers are crazy good. And then they have some weeks where they have a bunch of turnovers and give up a ton of yards on the ground. And, and they're, they, they look like a bad team. Um, they would have been a much bigger riser if they didn't just lose to the Falcons uh, this last week. Cause you know, obviously that would have been three and one. They only lose to the Bengals who are in a good stretch, but that, I mean, that, that just kind of shows who that team is and yep. that um, variability, right. Is, is what keeps me from saying they're a, above average team. They're a top half of the league team, but they're, they're very close to that. So those teams that I have Steelers, Bengals, Colts, you had Vikings at 15. I'm obviously not including the saints in here. Right. How do you feel about those teams? Yeah, they're, they're basically who I have for sure. I moved the Bengals up to 16 as well. Um, okay. I had, although I don't think it's sustainable with, with Jake Browning right now, the way he's playing, I'm getting vi. this is where the eye test, so take it for what it's worth. But um, Jake Browning looks to me like the Case Keenum from the Vikings Minneapolis Miracle season, where he's just throwing the ball up for 50-50s and his receivers are coming down. And I, I saw that firsthand against the Vikings, the two T. Higgins touchdowns where our D-backs mm-hmm. decided mm-hmm. to just go behind T Higgins and, and give him a hug and let him catch the ball and then see what happens after that. And so I, I get a little bit of the vibe because I think the Steelers exposed that um, the other week, the other week, pretty, pretty hard. Like you can't just do that all the time. You get away with it sometimes and it's great to make plays, but I think he came back down to earth. I think we're going to see that a little bit more, um, but he does have 134.8 pass rating versus man coverage. So he's been, and th- that kind of speaks to the 50, 50 balls to an extent, but also like he's, he's taking chances though. He's not just, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's working out right now. So yeah, I had the Bengals moving up quite a bit. I had the Colts moving up one ahead of the Steelers. Um, so the to 17 and I had the Steelers drop down to 18 um, only because before the Bengals win, they didn't get over 20 points and they lost to the Cardinals and the Patriots in addition to the Colts. And um, I think there was a notable change when we 
put when they guys put when we see him like an honorary Steelers fan when you when you put in Mason. Listen, man, this all started when we were covering the Steelers back for they did, they championship did. sports media. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah they're you're a stark. The they're a historic franchise. They're in the AFC. I don't have to worry about them as much, so I can easily be a Steelers fan for sure. <laughs> but no, I was like, they they need to do it again for me. Like I I liked what I saw. Um, but their their defense has struggled a little bit at times too, and, and those other losses. And so I'm, I'm I I punish them a little bit, perhaps too harshly. But yeah, so but I did have Bengals, Colts, Steelers in that same group. So the only issue we have is Saints at fourteen. But I'm already okay with moving them down. Um, depending on if they're even in this group for you, I don't know how far, how far you drop the Saints. <laughs> they're pretty far down. Um, the Steelers are. So, so that is good to hear. I do, you know, the, the head-to-head matchups are important because, yeah, like I'm like, wow, they just trounce the Bengals and, like you said, kind of expose what the recipe is probably for beating Jake Browning, who I called Brian Allen. Uh, apologies to Jake Browning. Um, <laughs> so it's like I want to have them above the Bengals, but like Colts also trounce the Steelers. Right. But then you're also thinking how, how do you assess the team – and, and you're probably right, and what the order you have is probably the order we'll give. But how do you assess the team that when they started this run of these four games, started that game against the Cardinals with Kenny Pickett at quarterback, yeah, finished that game, and played two more games with Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, yeah. and then this Bengals game had Mason Rudolph at quarterback? Because what the Steelers were doing before Kenny Pickett got hurt was – what seven and seven and four seven and five i can't even remember yeah they were now. seven and four going into the cardinals game seven and four yeah and they turned the ball over a total of one five eight eleven twelve oh wait no that's the defense Whew, i was like that doesn't feel right <laughs> two four six eight times they had eight turnovers in the first or wait, eight, nine, ten turnovers in the first 13 weeks combined. So I'm including the Cardinals game there. Oh, yeah. They've had four turnovers in the three games since then. Yeah. All four of those happened in just the Mitch Trubisky games. And I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty sure that turnover happened in the Cardinals game was Mitch Trubisky as well. So they're back to – Mason Rudolph is not very good, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Kenny Pickett is not very good, but he doesn't turn the ball over. Right. That – games that two and a half game stretch really almost three games it was like the first drive can you pick i heard it um where the Steelers completely fell off and they were turning the ball over and they weren't moving the ball in offense was a different guy at quarterback than that's played quarterback the entire rest of the way so if you figure whether it's mason rudolph starting against the seahawks and trust me that's a big thing on steelers twitter right now is are we going to go into week 17 with mason rudolph as the quarterback if if what depend whether Kenny's healthy or not. Right. Either way, Mitch Trubisky's not playing quarterback for this team again. <laughs> right. So you're not going to turn the ball over. This team is not built to win with turnovers. You've been talking about with the Vikings all year um, and every team all year. Yeah. Whoever's quarterback is not going to turn the ball over the way they did in that stretch. So that's where I'm like, right. we're talking about confirmation bias. We're talking about year-long beliefs. Right. Do we take the sample size of – what is it, 15 games in total, 12 and a half games? Do we take that sample size where it's a quarterback that isn't prone to turnovers? Or do we lean to within this quarter, which we're talking about these four weeks, Yeah, it was dominated by a quarterback that 
does turn the ball over consistently and in abundance, where do we lean, right? Because if you don't, right. if you if you lean to the 12 and a half game sample size, which is more indicative, I think, of the season and where we're at, you think they're a little bit better than they are. Right. Uh, if you're like, mm, nah, man, these four games, two and a half of them were played by Mitch Trubisky, three of them were played by Mitch Trubisky, and that's what it is, then... You know, then then they're where where you have them there. So that's where I'm at. I will accept yeah. any answer. Um, I will accept you sandwiching them in between somebody else in this group. But I think this is the right group to have in four. Yeah. And that was yeah. the dilemma I was having with the Steelers. When it's are we taking this year long view here more in week sixteen? Do we care more about just these four games? Because you're right, like losing to Patriots and Cardinals is like <laughs> extremely punishable i.e some of the teams we'll talk about later right this team could have been even where i have the saints right now instead which we will get to um so so hearing that explanation taking my steelers fandom and your your honorary steelers fandom out of it as the more impartial person in that right what does that what does that say to you that that turnover stretch for by mitch trubisky yeah, I think I think that that definitely factors in because I think I was looking at just the four games and I got really focused on who they lost to. But if I'm being it's really fair, bad. it's really, really bad. bad. But if I'm being fair, I also kind of factored in most of the season for the other teams because it's not just this four game stretch; it's also our end of regular season ish, give or take power ranking. So I'm okay um, giving them the nod over over the Colts for sure, um, and maybe even you know the Vikings haven't been that impressive. The Bengals are a little weird to me because I, I don't believe them yet, um, but they've done well enough to move up. It's, so, it's funny to, it's so hearing that part, let's let's do the easy thing first. Okay. Let's put the Bengals at, would it be 17 or 18 here? We need 14, 15, 16, let's put Let's put the Vikings at 14 because we both had them at 15, and I, yep. I think we both firmly believe that they're better than the rest of these teams. So let's put the Vikings at 14. That moves them down one spot. So they're still going down in the rankings. That feels appropriate. And they're a top five defense, which is elite, which is very good. Uh, So I think they deserve to be at 14 for sure. Perfect. I think – so 15, 16, 17 is what we're talking about. I think the Bengals at 17 is appropriate because that's a six-spot jump for – Hey, the confirmation of like you were playing with a limited backup quarterback. You have injuries in other places. The defense has been shaky all year. Right. And yet we're still moving you up six spots for by what our power rankings is. We don't, even though we're having these bigger swings now, it's not the nature of the rankings. Um, right. We need a t shirt that says that the nature of the rankings, something like that. <laughs> the um, <laughs> so I, and because like the Steelers just beat the crap out of the Bengals. Right. And let's see the now the Colts lost to the Bengals, but that was well, that was a few weeks ago at this point. Here, Which, here's, do you know what week they played? Yeah, the Colt the Colts and the Steelers played in week sixteen. No, sorry, week fifteen. And then um, the Colts and the Bengals were before that. The Colts and Bengals were before that. Yep. The okay. the Colts lost to the Bengals, beat the Steelers, but then they lost to the Falcons this week. My, my I think the for the Colts, I know we just said we're going to move the, uh, we're going to put the. Bengals at 17 I tried to keep the Colts where they were even though I knew they had to move up from 19 just because you kind of mentioned it earlier the up and down nature of the Colts like one week they look like they're ready to make a jump other weeks they get shut down um 
But then again, then I looked at the the Falcons' loss, and it looks bad. It's just because the the Colts the Colts aren't good at um, stopping the run, and and the the Falcons are, were able to run all over. They ran for 177 yards, I think it was, and Minshew got sacked six times. Um, so that they just the got Steelers beat by kept running on them, which was very upsetting. <laughs> So the, the Colts are weird. They just feel like they're very up and down. So I tried to keep them somewhat near where we had them. Um, but obviously there were some teams above them that had to drop out. So so I'm okay. They if, are, let's do They're ninth in points, 28th in points allowed. Yeah. 15th in yards, 22nd in points allowed. And then they are – and the, this is the Colts. Um, yeah. And they are 20th in total DVOA, 17th on offense, 18th on defense. So it's not it's really not overly impressive. It's just more the the nature of the team. It's like, wow, they can beat anybody. I mean, they beat the Ravens for for goodness sake. Right. You know, they're they're in all these games. Right. Let's do let's do Bengals 17, Colts 16, and let's put Steelers 15. I think that feels I think that feels right. Because then that's a that's a three spot drop for the Steelers, which is punishment for for some of those bad losses. Um and the Colts get to move up because yeah, the eye test like they run with anybody, so they definitely. But then they have they have some deficiencies that aren't going to be fixed in time to help them make a run anytime soon. So, but yeah, so I think we have, this, we have the Vikings at fourteen moving down one spot, the Steelers at fifteen moving down three spots, the Colts at sixteen moving up three spots, and the Bengals at seventeen moving up six spots. That that feels right. The 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 amounts of the movement for each of those teams feel feels appropriate. Right, and I feel like. For like, I'm still not super high on the Bengals per se, but we were overly harsh on. It sounds like turns out we were overly harsh on them for the quarterback injury, and and they deserve to be back up, like you said, in this range where they kind of leveled out. We kind of had them, you know, before you know before the when when we were still talking about the issues with Joe Burrow, we weren't sure if he was going to finish the season, things like that. So, yeah, the the near top ten offense, but mediocre defense. Doesn't net out to the Steelers and Vikings having good defenses, and in the Vikings' case, very good defenses, and then to the mediocre offenses. Um, all right, so that feels like a good group there for us, Josh. You are patiently waiting to find out where I have the New Orleans Saints. I'm here to tell you, I still have four teams ahead of them, Josh. I have wow. the Saints down at 22. Wow. Like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm. I'm fed up with them. I'm done. I'm really done That's with fine. the whole NFC I, South. I, I, uh, I and, love hating on the Saints. That's fine. I think I have. If we talk, who, oh, we haven't talked about an NFC South team yet. We're we're about to though. <laughs> you mentioned the Bucks earlier. Yep. I have the Bucks here at 18. Um, there, I'll, I'll highlight them first, and, and then I'll, I'll give you the other three teams I have here above the Saints and get your your reaction to it. The Bucks are eight and seven. They're four and zero oh since we last talked. They've beaten the Jags, the Panthers. the Falcons and the Packers. And this just feels like the team that we were low on all season and we mm-hmm. were correct, right? We were we're the pretty moderate group, but we were low have been low on them since the beginning and they never really showed us anything else. But man, just based on the nature of how bad the rest of the t- these teams are, they just they just might be all right. Uh, yep. It doesn't help that or it doesn't hurt that these four games have pushed them up into 12th in total DVOA, 18th on offense, 13th on defense. This is just a pretty good team. You watch them play, and it's like, you know what? They, they mostly take care of the ball. They have games where they can run it. They have games where they can throw it. They never really are doing both. They're never really clicking on all cylinders. 
but they still have that good veteran defense. And if they take care of the ball, they can hang in it just long enough. It's kind of what the Broncos were doing in their stretch of, of winning games. Um, I don't know the the turnover margin for the Bucks off the top of my head here, but yeah. the Broncos were obviously then winning by creating turnovers. I don't think the Bucks are doing it quite to the level that the Broncos were. We'll get those at some point here, but yeah. they're they're just they're pretty good, and you know they have a ceiling on them. Um, but that's you know they're in the NFC South, they're in the right division for that. Yeah. The other three teams I have here are mostly off of vibes above the Saints here. I have the Raiders at nineteen. Um, jumping up two spots from the last time we talked, seven and eight, two and one. Uh, they lose to your Vikings, but they beat the Chiefs and the Chargers. They just freaking stomp on the chart. They get Brandon Staley fired. Um, <laughs> they they Patrick Mahomes moved down to sixth in the power rankings uh, this week. <laughs> Antonio Pierce is the freaking man. Give that oh, guy yeah. all the money. Um, and by the way, the disgusting 3-0 Vikings game. We won't we don't need to highlight that too much. Um, our defense is too good. That's that's all. That's what it is. Uh <laughs> the Packers I have here at 20, also moving up two spots. Okay. They are seven and eight, two and two in their last four. They lose to the Giants and Bucks, which is, you know, uh, the Bucks one doesn't look as bad now. Um, but they beat the Panthers as they should, and they beat the Chiefs. That's a big win. Um mm-hmm. that loss to the Giants though really does hurt them. Um and then I have I have my Chicago Bears, baby, here at six and nine, two and one in their last three games. They had a bye week in there. Let's they go. Lose, they lose a tough game to the Browns, where honestly they were playing pretty freaking well the whole game. Um, and then they beat the Cardinals and they beat the Lions. They beat your seventh ranked Lions team or whatever you have. <laughs> That's right. Um, so it's time to admit our defeat on the Bucks, as I said. Yep. Um, you can talk me between this 18 and 21 how you might want to rank them it sounds like you're you're higher on the bucks as well i wasn't anticipating that necessarily um but green bay chicago and vegas are just better vibes and they've played better this month and really the arc over the whole course of the season is just better than anything the saints or any other team we haven't mentioned yet have done so that's my four teams here how do you feel about it as a group how do you feel about those teams so the good news is we have mostly the same teams in these four. I have the Saints. Um, I had the Raiders at 19. I definitely skyrocketed them up. I love the Antonio Pierce thing. I love that they beat the Chiefs. I love that they ran the ball against the Chiefs. Um, you know, they're still a long ways off. You know, they're not oh, – yeah. Aiden O'Connell's making tons of mistakes, but he's still slinging it around. But, yes, on vibes alone, absolutely. So I, I would I, I would even I had the Raiders one spot ahead of the Bucks. I did have the Bucks moving up to twenty. Um because the four straight victories, if any other team did it, I would say I don't care who you played, if you win four straight in the NFL, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so I gotta give the Bucks some credit. <laughs> um, even though I wanted to continue my victory lap from that last week. Um you you were talking about their them playing like the turnovers. They had four against the Jags, but the three games before that, they had one turnover a piece, a piece that they, the one takeaway a piece, and then two out of those three games, two out of those four, they've had one turnover of their own. So yeah, they're not relying on turnovers like, like we thought they were earlier in the season. Like that was a big part of it. Um, everything on the box is just good enough right now. I feel like like Baker has just been good enough. Like his connection with Mike Evans is nice, and Godwin is making a lot of plays. Kate Otten's turned into something good, and Rashad White is just good enough um, as a workhorse back. Like he's. He gets the volume. He does really well. He's not overly explosive, but 
they just convert first downs. They just do well. They play well. Um, you know, and they went into Lambeau and beat the Packers, something the Chiefs couldn't do um, somehow inexplicably. Uh, so, so yeah, their other wins, the Panthers, the Falcons, not super impressive in the way the Jags have been playing. Like They haven't beaten a super impressive team in this stretch of four, but again, considering where they were. Um, so I'm totally okay with swapping my Bucks and Raiders pick. I They were just kind of... It, it was kind of a toss-up for me. So let's go ahead and pen, pencil the Bucks at 18, Raiders at 19. Um, I'm, I don't know when I'm going to stick up for the Saints a little bit. I think it might be after the Packers. So I don't put, have, you're going to put the Saints above my Bears, huh? I don't have them. And I love the Bears. But I am not. Well, I love is a strong word for Vikings fan. I wouldn't say I love the Bears, but <laughs> I've tried to be high on the Bears all season. Um and I don't, I don't have them that high, but I had the Packers at twenty-one, so they were in that same group um, right after the Bucks. So I'm, I'm okay sliding them there at twenty. Um, their Chiefs win does net them a lot of brownie points. Um, then they lost to the Giants, though. Uh, <laughs> they lost the Bucks, and then they almost squandered the game against the Panthers <laughs> the other day. So they, you know, the Packers are still. What, what did I put about the Packers? They're just like a, they're just still super young, right? Um, their leading receiver has is Dobbs with fifty six catches. That's fifty first in the league. Like they just and you know and it's on eighty nine targets, which isn't a great percentage. But mm-hmm. but the reason I pointed that out wasn't necessarily to knock the Packers, but a little bit. Um, but speaking of vibes, I said it's not much right now, but I'm getting the vibes that they will be scary next year with another year of experience. Like I'm chalking this up as another year to get more crisp, to get more experience, to get more savvy, I think it's going to go a long way. And the Packers have a nice young, young core. And if Christian Watson stays healthy, like who knows? Um, so that they're definitely trending as a, as a team, they're trending in the right direction. I don't think it'll get them to the playoffs this year necessarily, but who knows? Yeah. You know, Nick Mullins just hurts, has to throw five interceptions next week and they have a shot. So the thing that hurts the Packers the most is the defense. They're the 30th, yeah. 30th ranked defense by DVOA right now. Um, raw statistics, they're 17th in points allowed, 23rd in yards allowed, and it's getting worse. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. not going well. Um, but on the other hand, they're 10th in offensive DVOA, 11th in points, 17th in yards. I mean, they're it's so hard to, to judge these teams that are so far apart between the two units, yeah. And I like to lean towards who's doing better on offense when it comes. So like this argument between like, if it were, if we were talking saints Packers and and you're saying you're leaning Packers over saints right now. Yeah. But it's the defense that's like, when it's that bad, like it's, it's really hard to do anything else. But I think because of the saints trending in the negative direction defensively and the offense continuing to just still be tough. um, I think that feels right. So then the question is, is bears saints and everything points to, the Saints being the right team, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even with that, though, these teams are very close in DVOA. New Orleans is 18 total DVOA. The Bears are 23rd. Uh, New Orleans 20th on offense. Bears are 22nd. The Saints 17th in defensive DVOA. The Bears are 16th. So they've jumped them. The Bears defense the last few weeks has really taken off. Montez Sweat has unlocked really the rest of what this team uh, has been needing to do on defense, what Eberflus has been trying to create over two years, uh, over the course of time with the free agents and the draft picks and then the trade for Sweat has really, really taken off for them. Um, 
I mean, it's it's hard to sell a, a bottom third offense with six wins being better than the, the Saints right now. Um, let's see, on the season raw statistics, they're 21st in points. Oh, points scored and points allowed. That's interesting. Uh, 20th in yards uh, gained and 12th in yards allowed, which is pretty impressive considering where they were the first, I don't know, five, yeah, six weeks sure. of the season. Um, I'm playing a card. I'm doing it. I'm, this is the friendship card. I just totally uh, jumped in front of you. I knew you were thinking about it. The Bears, I, I will. we will look back on, on the end of the season because who, who do these teams finish off against? The Bears have the Falcons and the Packers. Yeah, they could lose both of those games. That might look, that might look tough for me. Yeah. Um, and the Saints finish off with, with who? Do they play the Panthers again? The Saints play – hold on. They play the Bucks and the Falcons. The Bucks and the Falcons. So I mean, yeah, I I like yeah. I, I I like both those things there. Um, yeah. I'm playing the friendship card. I'm doing it late okay. in the game here, so feel free to do whatever you want after that. Um, <laughs> that would not let you change anything. Uh, at this point, <laughs> Bears are 21st. Where did you have? Where did you have the Bears? Um, I had them down at 24 actually. Um, okay, we have. I didn't. I didn't slide down. Well, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. I was going okay. to. I was actually going to give you the Bears. I don't think you have to use a card. Um, because I I'm, don't care. I'm using it. I want it okay. on the record. I use the card for <laughs> well, the Bears. Because I – so I, I was looking more at the offseason Bears. I know that's not what we're doing here. We're powering the teams. But I was thinking about who they should draft, and I was trying – I spent too long looking for a stat that told me how good their young secondary is because that's the group that I've been really high on with the Bears – Mm-hmm. And I found one article that had Jalen Johnson ranked as the 20th best DB in the league. And I was like, that was the closest I could get to the right stats. But I just. And he might not even be back. Right. And I just want people huh? to know that, you know, Jaquan Brisker is really good. And I think Tyreek Stevenson can be really good. And I mm-hmm. think this defense, like you mentioned, the defensive improvement with the Bears. And I think that if they do the right thing, which in my eyes is commit to fields, then with those early, that early draft capital that they have. One should something one should be an air rusher and the other one should be either Marvin Harrison Jr. or an offensive lineman. Like if I if I'm a Bears fan, I I'm excited for that or I'm nervous because I don't know what the the ownership front office is going to do and if they're going to take a quarterback and 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 really miss out on an opportunity here. Um, because I I really like the youth on defense that they have and I like like you said that the improvement there and they, they are getting much better. They look really good against the Cardinals. Yes, it was the Cardinals, but they look really good in that game. Um, they obviously beat the lions who are the, you know, one of the greatest teams in NFL history this year, obviously. So, so there's, they get some, they get some cred there. Um, I had them down at 24 behind a couple teams that I would have no problem moving them ahead of, which we'll talk about in a second. So let's, you're playing your card there. That means the bears are 21. Then yep. we got to put the saints at 22. That's where and that's where I had him. That's where you had him. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but that's, that's fair. a I, drop I, of seven spots. That's a big drop. For, there, yeah, it's, for it's a team that went much two like two the Chiefs and the Eagles. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's very and much like the Eagles and Chiefs. It's just it's been gross all year. We've explained a lot of way. The the when, yep. when you zoom out and it's like, oh, the stats aren't that bad. Oh, the record's not that bad, but Man, oh man, it's just it's coming to a head with this team, and, and I just <laughs> yeah. like where these other teams are at more. Right, right, for sure. I think, and I think it's when we get down to this these rankings, I think vibes can go a long way to helping 
helping us feel better about where these teams end up in the mm-hmm. rankings, for mm-hmm. sure. All right, so that puts us at 23. Puts us at 23. And you, who did you have here? I have the Broncos here. Okay. Dropping down five spots, uh, seven and eight on the season, one and three in the last four. They lose to the Patriots, the Texans, and the Lions, and they <laughs> beat the Chargers. Um, they, now Russell Wilson earth, is going right, to start. And now, now Russell Wilson's not starting. We're getting all the cap figures out about what it would take to move on from him. Um it's I mean it's it's bad. And honestly, I think I put them at 23 before the rest stuff. Um so like if yeah. you want to count vibes and you want to include that in this, like they I could you could put them lower and I won't be upset about yeah. it. Well, let's put them a little bit lower because I actually Great. had I actually had the Falcons at 22. Um I had them team. at 24, so they'd be my next team to to put okay. up here. I'm good with that. Um because I just they're another frustrating team. I guess they they lose so nine to seven to the Panthers. They can't decide what quarterback to start. Um, they run the ball really well. They have good weapons. They have a decent defense, but they don't always play the right way. It's just it's a weird team, and I don't like what they're doing with the quarterback situation. Um, you know the defense is the defense is a, like sixth in the league in points allowed per game. Like they're like they're. they're they're kind of there, but they're also not there. It's it's very strange to me. So I had the I had the Falcons at twenty two. I had the Broncos at twenty three as well. So we were right on the same page with the with the Broncos. Um, you know the the Broncos were just weird. Like they they had the huge jump jump last week. We both I think talked about how you weren't fully sold on the Broncos. They had a really nice turnover margin during that stretch. Um, and their defense, for what it's worth, hasn't allowed. I looked this one up. I haven't. They haven't allowed 300 yards passing since week four, um, which isn't like it's not like a, an epic mark by any means, but but it's a decent level of consistency. And I just I did, but they needed too much to go right, and their offense isn't good enough unless it gets short fields and it gets benefits there, and especially now that Russ has gone like for sure on vibes. So, uh, but if you had him at 23, yeah, let's slot him right there at 24, um, because they're 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 going nowhere. Um, real fast. I don't know how they're gonna <laughs> get out of that situation, but <laughs> it'll be yeah. We um we did we did such a good job in the middle of their run here because remember they won what was it five straight. We did a mm-hmm. ranking on November first, and they were coming off of a win against the Packers and a win against the Chiefs. They were three yep. and five at that point on their bye week, but they were looking good, and it would have been. It, easy for us to like put them in in like the the kind of like 20 to 22 we kept them down at 26 at that point we were like don't get excited and then we and then we got excited because then they rip off the bills vikings browns wins those are good wins and and Mm. we we, i think we still showed some good self-control only moving them up eight spots so (gasps) so what were they last time around 18 i think um so like that's still like out of the playoff picture, right? Just yeah, in terms of yeah. like number of teams. So like we were still pretty modest, and and now it's just like man, we even that was even that was overdoing it. That yeah, was, the, that was a lot. I mean, how weird is the NFL, man? Like I'm looking at all these teams. I I was just desperate for Miami to get a marquee win so I could catapult them because they, they obviously they're better than Broncos. I'm not trying to compare them in that <laughs> regard, but like. When I look at the teams that the Broncos have beat, the Browns, Vikes, Bills, Chiefs, Packers, like. There's some decently good teams here that they've they've come on top. It's it's what a weird what a weird sport. What a weird I don't know. Wild to me, but 
but yeah, at the same time, like 24 feels too high. They're, they're terrible. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch them. <laughs> and they're not going to the play. Like, it's just so weird. <laughs> Super bizarre. Oh, gosh. It's, yeah. Well, we moved them up la- eight last time. So moving them down to six. I, I like when we have teams that they swing harder than other teams. I feel like that that's part of our, I think we're relatively consistent with that. Like certain teams yep. don't make huge swings all the time. Some teams do like some teams really go through stretches. Like even the bills to some extent in the top five, yep. like they, Definitely. that was a big swing when we swung them down and they deserved it. And then all of a sudden, you know, marquee win after marquee win. And now they're back up there. Like I think for some teams it does make sense. So it feels right. It's just, it's like when you look at when you run through the schedule and that four game, Five game winning streak with the Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, Browns. Like, that's nasty. They're going to the that's Super really Bowl. Good. Yeah. You, exactly. Like run. Yeah. It's insane. Exactly. Um, but yeah, benef- right, benefiting so... from turnovers, they had, they got five against the Chiefs, four against the Bills, three against the Vikings, three against the Browns. Like, like they, they were, and again, they earned that. They get, they're not taking the credit away from them, but, but that's not sustainable. Like, good teams turning the ball over five, four, three, three. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. When, when, we were talking about like them versus the Bucks and turnover differential, right? Like the Bucks are still like they're they're top ten in force turnovers, I think, and then like top five, they might even be top two in in turnover differential. But they've been doing it, yeah. They're they're tied for first in differential, actually plus ten, um, and tenth tied basically with like nine other teams for right. for first or second in total turn. But it's it's throughout the season, right? Yeah, it's the, the Broncos. Yeah. Or only a plus four turnover differential, and they jumped third, really tied for second in total turnovers, but they did it on the back of those three, four games. So right. it, it's very different the way they're doing it, like you were saying. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. Who do you have here at 25? Uh, I have the Titans here. I have the Titans here as well. Awesome. And this is where I looked into the, the Titans-Dolphins game, but we I think we already kind of mentioned it. Like, yep. It was it was kind of a it was kind of just a back and forth. It was a tough battle, physical team. So the Dolphins ran away with it, and people probably tuned out thinking that the Titans were done. And then all of a sudden, they had a chance, and then they won. <laughs> so, you know, I, I they, outside of that, they haven't won since. Like that's the only game they won in this stretch. So that I did that. I almost moved them up. But I was like, no, they lost to the Colts, they lost to the Texans, they lost to the Seahawks. They haven't played anybody bad, but. But this team is going nowhere. They're just—they're competitive. They've always been competitive under Vrabel. I kind of hope that he gets. I hope that they're still going to give him some time there. Like I know that yep. it hasn't looked exciting, um, and I don't—I don't like how they tried to win with just a running game and a defense for a couple of years, like where they mm-hmm. could have been looking past Tannehill earlier. Um, but they did what they did, and I think if he gets if if, if him and Le- Levis are getting along, if I'm the Titans front office, I'm letting that I'm running that back next year, and I'm trying to build around it a little bit yeah and and you would think at five and ten one and three in the last four and i I don't think very good numbers statistically or or analytically here but you would think they'd move down a little bit further but look those those games you mentioned competitive all one score games they lose to the colts in overtime 28 31 they lose to the texans in overtime 16 19 they lose to the seahawks at the end of the game i mean game winning drive by geno smith 17 20 so they're in these games. They're competitive. They're gritty. I mean, twenty yeah, fifth isn't anything to be excited about in terms of the power rankings, but like, they're they're teams that are far worse off than than the sure. are. Yeah, I went I went the one score possession route as well. They're four and seven in those games. So imagine if they were seven and four, uh, what what the dis- discussion would be. Um, but 
But yeah, it's just interesting. But yeah, I think I think that's, that feels right for them too. Who do you have at twenty six? <laughs> this is where I stopped the Chargers slide before they end the season. Oh, that's nice. Too. That's, <laughs> that's nice very nice of me. Yes, I said sixty three to twenty one is a college score. <laughs> that was my hard hitting analysis right off the bat. I said they have a bad offense and a defense that is okay at times. This is another team where I looked toward the offseason. And I have a question for you. I'm sorry to put you on a spot, but there's a player. I love it. I'm so excited. So there's the kind of the this I'm not like breaking news here, but the bubbling over narrative is the expensive nature of their defense. And obviously you have Khalil Mack, who's like 16.6 million on the cap right now, and is a big one. Derwin James is over nine mil. But then there's a player who I don't even know if I knew beforehand named Austin Johnson who is on the hook for nine and a half million this year. And I have nothing against the guy. I don't know him well enough, but I also know that I've seen the charges in prime time a lot and I don't know his name very well. And I looked in him, looked into him a little bit. He's only played on 57% of defensive snaps. He's only at 44 total tackles. Two of them tackles for loss. One QB hit, no sacks. And he's a, he tackle. Um, And the charges aren't great against the run or anything like that. So I, I don't know what his impact is. So I was just like, I'm looking at this team that's going to be basically blown up around Herbert, or at least that's what I assume and what they think, what I think they should do. And so I was looking into those, the expensive nature of some of their players. And I was like, who is this guy? And Why are they paying him that much money? And I don't, so I was going to put you on the spot. Are you an Austin Johnson truther? Did I miss the boat here? Is he secretly been really effective? And I just don't follow the charters closely enough. Please enlighten me if you can or not. I just put the boat. Gosh, I did the same thing as you when Brandon Staley was fired, man. I I did the exact same thing. I was like, I'm ready. Like this, the this whole defense, right? Khalil, yeah. like all of them. Khalil Mack, Michael Davis is a free agent. Maybe you keep Derwin yep. James. Um, Kenneth Murray's a free agent. Eric Kendrick, your boy, is a free agent. Yep. What can you do with Joey Bosa? Like, I'm I'm ready for this thing to go full Rams defense. Be a bunch of no names. Correct. Completely start over. It's it's the 28th ranked defense by DVOA, despite being probably the most expensive. Um, and, and I did the same thing. I was like, who is Austin Johnson? And if I didn't <laughs> love offensive line and I didn't love the Chargers guards specifically in Jamari Sawyer and Zion Johnson as much as I do, I would have thought that must be the guard on offense. And he's not. <laughs> um, you want to talk about something that's even worse about Chargers supposed – help in the run game defensive tackles let's talk about sebastian joseph day getting released yeah um yeah I saw that. did i see he's going to the 49ers is that real did you see that <laughs> i did not see that but it wouldn't surprise me just <laughs> sure why not why not um anyways uh, that was nice of you to put the chargers uh at 26 i put them at 28 okay um, that's fine. because it's just it's bad it's yeah. it's real bad and i feel like if i went through and looked at all of the uh drop-offs we did in terms of when when quarterbacks got hurt 12 feels like the the correct number i think the jets yep. had the biggest one at like 20 or something like that when we went from aaron Rodgers to zach wilson but you know when, when joe burrow went down and and yep. uh, even when deshaun watson went down these guys were you know at least double digit um declines although we didn't do that to your vikings i don't know what that means about how we feel about kirk cousins but um <laughs> Yeah, I had the Chargers at 28. Let me, before you just say, yes, go for it. Let me tell you the two teams I had ahead of them. And you can oh, tell me okay. if I'm wrong or not based on that. Okay. The I have the Jets at 26, actually moving up one. Me, known, known Jets hater. You They're are six and nine, yes. two and two in the last four. <clears throat> they lose to the Falcons and Dolphins. They beat the Commanders and Texans. Um, 
just just doing what they do. Worst offense basically of all time, but an elite yep. defense. And then I had the Giants moving ahead of the Chargers at five and ten, one and two in their last three. They have a bye week in there. They lose to the Eagles and Saints, and they beat the Packers. Um, Jets, Giants, Chargers. How do you feel about that grouping? So let's do this. Let's go with your ranking, and here's why. If the Chargers hadn't started close to the top, or they were in the top 10 of the first power rankings of the offseason, right? We were both very high on the Chargers. We were both very lenient with the Chargers, and it took some for- six in our preseason power ranking. Oh, man. We had them at, hang on, let me just tell you all the spots we had them. We had them at eight in October, so four weeks into the season. We had them at 12 uh, in the beginning of November, so about halfway through the year. We had them at 16 last time we talked. Okay, okay. So had the Chargers not started that high, they would probably be my 32, my rank 32 team right now. Like when I chose 10, I was like, that's a big, slide i don't know if i can justify all the way to the end so i have no problem moving them to 28 especially because right after the chargers i had the jets and then the giants so let's go jets giants chargers um because yeah like if if again the chargers are still benefiting from how high we were on them early in the season because they don't deserve to be anywhere near anything right now based on how they've played and what they've looked like and the coaching nonsense and whatever so um so no problems there yeah the jet the jets it just this is where they are this year. It's it's a bummer with that defense, but I mean, you know, even their win against the Texans, I think that we talked about that earlier. That's the game CJ Stroud leaves. Um, so there's that. You know, I tried to find a I tried to find a stat for the Chargers and I came with I came I came down to they were twenty sixth in opponent plays per game. So they're giving up the opponents are averaging sixty almost sixty five plays a game. And so I think that that tells the story enough of like the defense is great, but it's on the field all the time because unless their offense gets a short field, it's not putting up any points. It's not eating time off the clock enough or hasn't been. And that wears on a team, you know, because their, their points allowed per game is, is at 14th. And I, I bet it'd be a lot lower or they'd be a lot more, a lot better if Rodgers had played, right. Or even someone else. Actually, you know what I wanted to do for the jets is I, I started it and I was like, I don't have time. I can't spend 10 hours doing this, but I wanted to look into how many realistic possibilities for quarterbacks that could have brought in instead of Zach Wilson. <laughs> because I remember one of the things you said to me early on, I said, well, maybe they still thought they had something in Zach Wilson. So that's kind of their like, off the hook for why they didn't do anything else. Um, and he said, no, no, they should have known by that. And obviously that was, that was the true, the true scenario. So they, uh, I don't know if they got lazy or if they actually did believe in Zach Wilson still, but for what it's worth, there were guys on that list, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo were free agents. Cause like, these are guys like even before the other teams signed these mm-hmm, guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, they weren't obviously going to go after like a Derek Carr, obviously, because they had Rogers who they thought coming in, but there were guys that are, have been perennial backups that they could have gone after as backups. To, to give themselves an insurance policy and they didn't and they paid the price and now i don't and now every team i feel like more and more teams are going to start investing in the back of quarterback because you have to if this if this season doesn't get you on that train you have to unless you're the falcons the falcons shouldn't because arthur smith can't decide uh which quarterback to start so you should only want roster one quarterback and if that one gets hurt just lean into the run game which was so great yes. last year and just go wildcat and just and, how, all and how much fun would arthur smith have coaching wildcat game <laughs> So he wouldn't even be upset with that. Bijan, Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, just all back there together. You don't know where it's going to get snapped to. 
I'm sure one of them can throw the ball pretty good. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, here, here's an interesting thing. I pulled a you. Here's an interesting thing I had on the Jets that I want to write down. So right. this was going into this week's games, going into week 16, because it was so perfectly aligned. The Cleveland Browns, who we have at what, nine in our power rankings, and the New York Jets, who we have at 26 in our power rankings, have mirrored records going into week 16, nine and five, five and nine. Five and nine. Both have elite defenses by DVOA and really any statistic you look at, but they're first and third. The Browns were first, the Jets were third, and terrible offenses, 29th and 32nd. So bottom four offenses, top three defenses by DVOA, both teams. Records completely mirrored. New York's offense has been objectively so terrible. It brings down not only their total DVOA, like the actual number, not just the ranking, but also their record and, and their performance so significantly far down from the Browns who have been bad on the season on offense. Yeah. But the Jets have been literally twice as bad. The Browns <laughs> offense by DVOA was at minus 14.8. Don't don't ask me exactly what how all that's measured. It's minus 14.8 going into week 60. The Jets were minus 33.7, literally more than twice as bad as the Jets. Now coming out of week 16, it's, it's even, you know, uh, 10 and five versus six and nine, 27 versus 32 on offense for one and three on defense. Still minus 32.4 versus minus 12.7. These teams have had very similar seasons. The way it's all shook out when you talk about, quarterbacks being hurt yep. beat defenses um yep. you that's effectively plant a quarterback in to an offense where you're just like i just need average quarterback play to be really good yeah and those guys get hurt and then you're, you're supposed to lean on the run game and all this stuff and the jets have literally just been so bad on offense with zach wilson at quarterback that they have had the complete opposite season of the jets or, or than the browns Despite that, all these numbers, that is wild. That is wild. You need to. You should post a, a Twitter thread with that. That's what that's it's explanation. So, it's that's so mind-boggling. Crazy. That's so crazy. And I'd be pissed if I was a Jets fan. <laughs> so while we're talking about the Jets, the backup quarterback situation, we have the Giants in here at twenty-seven. We'll talk about the Commanders soon. Um, uh, down here in, in a little bit. What do you make of the Giants and Commanders going to their backup quarterbacks? with two weeks remaining in the season for, for, uh, well, I want to hear what you have to say first. Uh, you know, both teams are effectively out of playoff contention. Right. Um, uh, both guys are going from younger quarterbacks to veteran quarterbacks and doing this, the commander's going to Jacoby Brissett and the giants going to Tyrod Taylor to finish out the seasons. What do you make yeah. of those decisions at this point of the year? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know. I mean, I guess if you're sick of watching the Sam Howell disaster, um, I think, you know, there maybe there's a modicum of of respect and um, you know <laughs> adherence to to playing the game well. I guess, um, I think in Rivera's case, probably for his job, is he trying to prove that he can still coach and and it's or prove that it's Sam Howell, not him? Like, you know, if he gets because even when Jacoby Brissett came in, the, the commanders made the game against the Jets. So they couldn't overcome the huge hole that was dug, dug mm-hmm. for them by, you know, and I just watched, I watched the, went back and watched the beginning of the commanders Jets game, like to see how it started. They look like a joke. I, what did I, I, what did I write? I wrote a really, I thought it was very well written. <laughs> oh, since so the commanders, when we get to them, since we last talked, they've lost all three of their games and reached an embarrassing level of ineptitude. 
Um, blah, 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 blah. They looked lost in the early stages of last week's game, and only Jacoby Brissett could bring them to the fringe of decency. That's what I was focused on. How am I going to word this in a kind of fun way because there's nothing else to talk about the Commanders? Anyway, long-winded answer to your question, of course. Um, I think Rivera might be trying to prove that it's Sam Howell and it's not him and that, you know, give some, get, get him another chance at a quarterback. For 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 the Giants, though, I don't I don't really know because I wrote in my blurb with the Giants that I think Dable Dable has proven that he's he, he's a capable coach, and I I wouldn't think his job's in jeopardy. I don't think anyone looks at the injuries to Daniel Jones and even to Darren Waller to an extent, and says that he's his job is on the line. Um, so I, I don't know I don't know what the, the the quest for some meaningless wins is with with Tyrod Taylor, even though he probably you know on. You know, because Tommy DeVito has been kind of fun to watch anyway. Like it's a, it's kind of a cool story. I don't, I don't know if he's that much worse of an option than Tyrod Taylor at this point. So I think, I think that is weird. Um, you know, I think, I think they're, yeah. I mean, that's from the quarterback situation. I, I think it's, it's probably a job thing, or you know, there's no, we're not supposed to be tanking and things like that. And there's some some old school mentality about you know respecting the game and for fans coming out to see a better product but I, but I'm still confused with the Giants because I like I, I as a, if I was a young kid fan going to watch this Tommy DeVito story and I didn't care about records as much and didn't know and every game was important type of deal I'd be like this is, there's Giants playing decently fun football I mean they're competitive with the Eagles they're not good <laughs> by any means but uh, St. Juan Barkley still you know he's, he's still elite like there's a lot there so yeah, I don't know. I hope that answers the question well enough. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it, it, I think it's that weird. Like, it's just, it's strange. So, the answer that I can come up with as of now for the Giants is because I think Dable's secure. I don't think he's coaching for his job at this point. Um, I think he might have been in the middle point of the season when he was yelling at everybody and just really yeah. angry. And, and they're kind of yeah. past that point of the year. And, you know, they've been fine. They, you know, they had the three game win streak. That was great. Um, I think it's a little bit of, I don't want to lose the locker room, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. It, what's, what's the going to be the difference for us between the fifth pick and the eighth pick, right? We're not getting one of the quarterbacks. Right. Um, sure. We'd like to secure, you know, we're not getting Marvin Harrison jr. Sure. We'd like to secure our choice of maybe the offensive tackle or, or maybe Malik neighbors, but like, we're also so devoid of talent. Like we could, we could take a JC Latham out of Alabama. We could take a, yeah. uh, insert whoever you feel your third wide receiver on the board is. You know, it, right. I think it's more about don't want to lose the locker room. So let me go yeah. with Taylor, and, and you know we'll be competitive for these two games. If we finish with seven wins, bring Daniel Jones back next year. We'll you know we'll we'll see where we pick up. Yeah. For Washington, I've been saying all year. You know, similar to what you're saying, I think Rivera's done at head coach based on himself and based on how everything's gone but i think all year it's been about positioning himself to be maybe trying to get a job in the front office because of ownership so maybe like you're saying just the idea of hey i can show i can show i'm still going to do the right thing for the team and that's put in jacoby percent or it's hey i believe in sam howell still but let's not ruin his confidence give him a chance to be a part of this thing for the long term still um so so let's let's bench him for the last two weeks so he doesn't like completely bury himself and kind of take on uh whatever happens with the draft con- compensation and Jacoby Percet and maybe we see what this looks like and because I did the right thing by the team maybe that is favorable on me that the ownership will keep me in some sort of front office role right right 
Um, all right. Yeah, I think enough that makes about, sense. Enough about bad teams and what they're doing with their quarterback <laughs> position. That doesn't end up mattering. So we have the Jets at 26, the Giants at 27, the Chargers at 28. How did you sort out the last four teams? Um, I gave the Patriots a bump up to 29. You did too. Nice. Yep. 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 Um, Listen, they beat you know, they beat the Steelers, man. They're obviously a great team. They did, and the Broncos. <laughs> and the Broncos. Two teams ranked above them. That's very. That's very good. Yep. But I'm. I am gonna just remember this season as a six-zero loss to the Chargers. <laughs> Awful. That was bad. Like it's just so bad. Um. And then I was trying. I was trying desperately to find a quarterback stat for them because I think it's pretty obvious that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi are not the options either of them. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure both of them will be gone next year. Um, but I mean, numbers wise, it was kind of worthless comparing them. I thought so. I was kind of looked elsewhere. They're they're fifth worst in turnover differential. So I was like, oh, here's here's a trend because I'm all about running the ball and turnovers, and <laughs> you know, as all good sixty year old football fans are about. So I. <laughs> I kind of looked at them like, yeah, this is a throwaway season for the Patriots, and it's just it's weird to me that they're this low, but um, it seems to make sense. They're just not good. Yep. Flat and out. At 30, 30, I gave the Cardinals bump to 30. Ooh. I moved them ahead of the Commanders. And it was, what did I say? Oh, moving them up at one spot is less about them improving. This is talking about the Cardinals and more about the commanders getting closer to Panther territory. <laughs> um, the Cardinals, they beat the Steelers. That was a fun little upset for them. You know, they beat the Cowboys way early in the year when it didn't matter or when, when it was a different team. Um, but they're still just getting handled. Like they, I watched the watch back the, the Bears Cardinals games. Credit to the Bears again, who we moved up a, a, a significant amount that they were just not, they were just not a good enough team on the field. They were just the, or the worst team on the field, the Cardinals were. Um, and that's kind of the trend for them, for that for them all season. You know, and it's weird because there's all that hoopla about Kyler Murray, and I know they're not in the playoff discussion, but I, f- I feel like there's not even any like news about him anymore. And he's, I mean, he's, he's doing fine. He's putting up fine numbers, and you know, I don't know if they'll be relevant again next year. But it was like all they cared, all people, the media cared about were like was the contract issue and injuries and all this stuff, and was he going to play or whatever. And all of a sudden now he's playing, and like no one cares, and it might just be because they're bad, but. But I think he's still good, and I think that I don't know. I love Trey McBride. I mentioned him in my little notes here. He's sixth in tight end targets, sixth in tight end receptions. He's um, he was kind of overshadowed his rookie year because Zach Ertz was having a good year, and I think people forgot that he was a pretty pretty sought after draft pick. And now he's he's he's, he's got he's looks like he's going to be a really good weapon. And so I don't know. I'm not saying they're ready for a contending run for the playoffs next year, but. But I figured they get above the car- the commanders because they they seem less terrible than the commanders. <laughs> seem less terrible. Yeah, the the two teams just just basic four four and eleven for the commanders. Own three in the last three. Lose to the Jets, the Dolphins, the Rams. Cardinals three and twelve. One and two. Uh, Steelers win. Niners and Bears loss. I mean, I kept the Cardinals at thirty one, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on it. Yeah. I mean the the the. the these these three teams and really four teams with, with the Patriots are definitely above these guys as of right now. Um, I mean, you you go zero and three, you know, and you're already down here. And the way things are falling apart, because before this we were still like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you traded your edge rushers, like the defense fell off, and, and now the offense is suffering, and now it's just like 
wow, maybe this offense was never really there. I don't know. It's a, I'd have to gauge the temperature of more uh, Commanders fans when it comes to the offense and Howell in particular. But it's. I was gonna. Sorry, sorry to cut you off there. I was I was gonna mention when I talked about the Commanders. Is it is it your guy Robertson that's the yep, Commanders yep, fan? Yeah, Robertson Fire. Yep, yep, yep. I would be curious Kyle to see what he what he would prefer, not what he thinks would happen, but what he would prefer because you know when you get down here, you're looking at off seasons for these teams, and I looked at the Commanders and they're. They're leading the league in potential 2024 cap space. So they're going into an offseason where they'll have a high draft pick and they're going to have um, the most available money to spend in free agency. And so as a fan, even if I'm a fan of Ron Rivera, the coach, um, or whatever staff members, I think Eric Bieniemy is their offensive coordinator, right? Like he, he's a guy that I've always liked as an, as an OC as well. So it's like, but even if I like that, I'm wondering if this is not the best year to just – to just blow it all up completely, um, even with Howell, who yeah has proven that he can put up yardage, but you just can't have those those mistakes. And he's had a full season to prove himself. So I, I'd be curious to see what Robertson would say. If what he prefers to happen, does he want the full blow up, or is it you know is it let's let's run it back? We have some pieces that you know the casual Commanders observer like me doesn't see. Right, I can see the obvious stuff, but I don't I don't know everything about it, obviously. So that would be an interesting discussion, I think. Shout out to Robertson. Shout out to Ben Parker, who's on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. Go check out Odds on Favorite. They did a fun thing. They're, they're going to do this fun series here um, between now and, and some point in the offseason. I'm not sure how quickly they'll move through it. But where Robertson is conducting GM interviews, Ben is applying to be GM for a handful oh, of teams, however many they think nice. uh, are going to have openings. And they just did it on the Commanders. Um, so Robertson is Josh Harris. He's got billions of dollars. He's interviewing Ben for the GM position. Ben's giving his <laughs> thoughts on that, which he shared some of last week on this podcast. Um, but you hear a little bit of, of both those guys' thoughts on what the commander should be doing. Now, that was last week. And again, it feels like a whole new world for the commanders this week uh, after <laughs> after uh, the holidays. So um, maybe both those guys feel differently at this point. But um, yeah, go check that out. Odds on favorite. Uh, good time. I was, two things about Ben. Ben Parker. One, um, I think I totally trust him as a GM of my team. I think I've heard him. I've heard him under. I think he understands a lot of that stuff that I don't understand as well. So he totally gets my vote for <laughs> whatever GM job he's applying for. And then I was going to say, on the stat sheet pod, I know everybody's fan allegiances, but not Ben Parker's. I think I know. I have a guess, but I don't want to guess if I'm way off. Is he specifically like? clandestine about that like he's so neutral because he wants to analyze without people accusing him of being biased or is he just like an nfl fan or does he have a secret fandom where he loses it at the tv like we do for our teams i don't know if he does i don't truly know it because i've even okay. asked him who he was a fan of as a kid and he's never even given me a straight answer on that so <laughs> ben parker man of mystery um and meanwhile, down here at 32, we talked about a whole bunch of random stuff before we mentioned, yeah, the Carolina Panthers are still yes. are still bad. They have a win in this stretch. It's only the mm-hmm. second time this year it's happened. They beat yep. the freaking Falcons, who I I despise, but they did it. And they lose to the Packers, <laughs> Bucks, and Saints, and they're they're terrible. They're miserable. So there's the Panthers. Yep. Um to recap. Which I need to, I should have been doing more recaps. I was getting better at that and I, you know, I haven't done one since our top 10. <laughs> so here's the recap of mine and Josh's final official power ranking. We'll do like a power ranking 4.5 in a couple of weeks here ahead of the playoffs. But 
Ravens, Niners, Dolphins, Bills, Cowboys is your top five. Chiefs, Eagles, Lions, Browns, Seahawks rounds out your top 10. The Rams coming in at 11, that spiritual, almost really good team, the Los Angeles Rams we believe in. Jaguars fall to 12. Rounding out the top half of the league, 13 through 16, is the Texans, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Colts. Bringing out the rest of the top 20 is the Bengals, the Bucks, the Raiders, the Packers. The Bears are at 21. The Saints, the sad, sad Saints, have fallen down to 22. The Falcons, also very sad, down to 23. The Broncos, 24. The Titans are 25. The Jets, the Giants, the Chargers are 26, 27, 28. And our bottom four, which has been fairly consistent the last few power rankings, Patriots, Cardinals, Commanders, and Panthers. Josh, we weren't sure how we felt about our list coming in. I feel pretty good about it on the way out. I do feel I do feel very good about it on the way the way out for sure. All right, everybody, that is gonna do it. That is another episode of the Simon Short Podcast. Make sure you're following Josh on Twitter to get updates on all of his stuff that he is doing. Mike on the Vikes, make sure you're following that and listening to Josh's rants about the Vikings after <laughs> Vikings games. It's a great time. Um, you hear great things like tushy pushy every once in a while. You just never know what's gonna happen. So make sure you're following him on Twitter at JLime8. Make sure you are listening to Mike on the Vikes. Josh, we appreciate you coming on as always. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Let's do it. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. Have fun and be safe out there.